Hello and welcome back to the Pineapple Theory Podcast, Oscars edition. Very excited for it. I'm one of your hosts, Reese, and my host, co-host for the day is McKinley. It's me, guys. It's I'm back again. We did that last time. Yeah, I it think feels so. like too repetitive. A cheap. But is there anyone else that says I'm back? I'm back from outer space. As in you, with that bad look upon your face. Yeah, yeah, that one. There you go. That's this week. Also, Arnold. I'm back. No, no it's I'll, I'll be, be back. back. Oh, my gosh. Gosh. I'll say that at the end. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what today's episode is, Mac? I do. It was my idea. It was your idea. <laughs> it is the Oscars 2021. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us tonight at the Oscars. We hope you are going to have an amazing night. It is 2021 Oscars, which I believe is the 93rd time they've ever done it. Wow, you actually got that right, Reese. Thank well done. you. I know, of course, I'm joined as always with my beautiful host, McKinley. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome. Why do I go into like a man type sound? But you do. You put it pretty manly pretty quickly. I don't know. I feel like announcers always have. Do you, you want to know who I'm channeling I really when to. I do an announcement? Sure. Well, I'm, I know. For that one, I'm channeling the guy in Pitch Perfect. Uh, me too. That's what I think she sounds like too, the yeah. girl. So I just do her. Until Thank you so much, Steve. Like, wow, you could just slap my knee and call me happy. That was an amazing what performance. Wouldn't you like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's it. That's it perfectly. <laughs> Yeah, so the episode today is going to be all about the Oscars, which is tomorrow, tomorrow night, right? Yeah. It's not tonight. Nope, it's on Sunday. Yeah, it's tomorrow always night. on Sunday. It's always on a Sunday. God's now, day. I'll be honest. I don't care about the Oscars at all. Never have, never watched them, couldn't give a shit at all. The only time I remember distinctly giving a shit was when DiCaprio won, mm. because I knew that he hadn't won, and I was like, that's bullshit. Well... It was like, a, obviously, I think everyone knows this, but a huge running joke on the internet that he had not won an Oscar. Why did you say internet like that? Because I am not one with the internet. It was a long running joke on the internet. <laughs> I don't know. I'm used to having to enunciate for my students. Pronunciate? No. Pronunciate is not a word. What? Yeah. It's uncinate? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Little grammar lesson. Okay. Enunciate is to like speak clearly enunciate i'm sure it's pro pronunciate it's not we've had this conversation before but you never remember anything so <laughs> there's pronounce mm-hmm. as in you mispronounced that word mm-hmm. it's enunciate you know mm-hmm. then there's pronunciation ah that's you the word. used the long the wrong pronunciation mm-hmm. then there's enunciate so you're not speaking clearly you need to enunciate What's the difference between the third one and the first one you just said? Say those again. Enunciate. Pronounce. Enunciate. Yeah, enunciate. Now, we've said it so many times, I'm not sure, but it's still enunciate. But yeah, you always say pronunciate, which is the combination of pronounce and enunciate, Hmm. which is not a thing. I think there is a situation where, I think I googled it before to see, and there was like other people who said it, so maybe it's not completely wrong. I would have to double check. But I know that it's not completely right either. Mm. Should we look it up? just for No, fun? I think we should just leave it and people can be mad about it. Yeah, 
Maybe. I don't think anyone even care. They'll be <laughs> like, get so back either. onto the DiCaprio internet meme thing. Ah, yes, the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, you pronounced that weird. <laughs> no, I was just doing it again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a mess already. It is. Okay. He didn't win, and then he won, and it was great. For The Revenant, right? Yeah. So that's the only time well, I have ever cared about the Oscars. And I thought it was funny because then all the memes about him, how he had to like literally like claw and like crawl his way to like an Oscar. I still didn't think it was that great. I mean, he did get eaten by a bear that wasn't real, so I guess that is like. I think a bunch impressive. of the cast got like hypothermia and shit for that. He movie learned as a well. whole new like native language too and he ate like a raw something he ate part of a horse i think (laughs) he did some crazy stuff he's done some crazy stuff to try and get it too i always thought the scene in in django Django. yeah jinx uh yeah oh my gosh you just smacked your tooth on that glass it made a good like it did it a good clink oh anyway we're having a drink we should probably say that we are having these new ones black fly vodka soda fizz mine is a gin soda fizz but it's still black fly the brand yes yeah and they're great great. mine is vodka lemon and lime and yours is grapefruit gin Mm -hmm. and gosh darn are they summery they're like the perfect another one though go get one okay but then you have to do the asmr open it anyway so what we're doing this episode is oscars now as i say i don't really care about oscars but i i do i'm also on a movie podcast so i should probably care a little bit about the oscars so the oscars is tomorrow so tonight we're going to go through the oscars talk about them make some predictions off of the one that we've seen because we've seen a couple wait nice that That was pretty good and then our predictions will then come back probably on monday and record so that'll give everyone a day to watch it and then we'll come back and let you know all the results and that might just be a half hour episode or it might be a two hour long episode don't know depending on how we feel about it it, but i don't think i have any passionate no i don't care either way there's only there's only one in this that is really like a controversially ish sort of nice thing that they could do which is around the chadwick boseman um, mm-hmm. If I've pronounced that right or said that I right, I think it is. Because um, obviously, Black Panther, he passed away. So he's nominated for a movie, Ma Ray's Black Bottom. Ma Rooney's. Ma Rooney's Black Bottom. Yeah. And he's yeah he's uh he's nominated for an Oscar for that. So obviously, with him no longer being alive, it's sort of a little bit of a thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, the rest of them, you know, it's it's another Oscars, and it doesn't really thinking, mean anything. Sorry. That we could maybe, before we get into this year's Oscar, we could talk about some of the previous winners. We can. And what we thought. But before we do that, I want to bring up a story. Mm-hmm. This is purely entertainment for the podcast, so all Oscars aside for now, I want to talk about the Olympics. Because something happened this the week. The Oscars of sports, as some might say. Pretty much. The Oscar, yes, the Oscars of no, sports. No, people would be so mad about that. Could you imagine just tuning into the Olympics and being like, oh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this year's Oscars in Tokyo. Tonight's nominations, Hussein Bolt for the most fabulously dressed sprinter in all the land. I mean... They could I work. don't think they give away Oscars for that, but... They give away gold medals, and they give away gold statues. Can you, you do a Google for me, actually, mm-hmm. whilst I'm about to talk about the Olympics? Can you Google the origins of the statue and who I it is? I do actually know a little bit. Because I, I want to know who but... it is. Random fact about trophies and statues that I know. 
there is a pineapple on top of the Wimbledon trophy, which is a tennis trophy. And as to why I know that, I don't know. But it came up in a quiz the other day and it was like, uh, what fruit is on top of the Wimbledon trophy? Pineapple is the answer. And it's the Pineapple Theory podcast. And obviously I know that. Ask me anything about a pineapple and I will give you the answer. I saw on TikTok that you can like rip off the top of a pineapple, roll it, and then the little bits come out. I invented that, Mick, because I am the pineapple man. <laughs> okay. Um, so the Olympics, right? Um, I want to talk. Okay. Sorry. We'll get on to the origin of that. That's, that's back. That's back on Oscars. We're in Olympic territory, Mick. Okay. So the Olympics. I want to talk about it because something amazing happened and I will post it to the Pineapple Theory Instagram, which is at the Pineapple Theory underscore podcast. Plug. Plugging it. <laughs> Canada and the US announced or showed their outfits for their Olympic team. So every single every single every single year, every four years the Olympics happens, which is where all a bunch of countries complete compete against each other i don't know if you need to explain okay, what the fine. olympics are but they get like an attire like a uniform right to mm-hmm. wear so whilst they're doing different sports there's a general sort of theme running through them and then the and, opening and closing yeah and, and then they wear that. them and then you have the opening and closing ceremonies which are these like basically fancy the party is about to begin event sort of you know it's very tradition sort of they walk around the stadium holding their flag waving to the crowd which this year again don't even know if the olympics is going to happen because it was supposed to be last year and then they got moved because covid yada 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 Mm -hmm. anyway canada and the u.s showed off their team kits and it was all fine it was all good no issues but then the closing ceremony outfit made me laugh the hardest i've laughed in a long time I witnessed this and you actually laughed until you cried. I did. I did laugh until I cried. And the reason is, is because the US post their picture, right? And it's set and it's based on NASA and sort of space astronauts. So they're standing there and they've got their hair swept back and they look like pompous pricks, basically. Is <laughs> the nicest way I they can put that. They look like everyone has looked at the Olympics since the dawn of time. They look like, like everyone always tries to look. They, they look, look like Sven. They do, but they, they look... How I Met Your Mother. They look like they're going to shit gold as well, you know? Like, yeah, what's the what's the name of the party where Ted goes to? With oh. the, the gong that hasn't been struck yeah. since. <laughs> I don't know the name of the party the or her. gala something? I don't oh, know. I think uh, it'll come to us. Anyway. Okay. So they look like they're from there, but young versions of it. Anyway, so they're all in white, blue, and red, and they're standing there like Superman, chest out, looking off to the side, like hair in the wind sort of thing. Can I take a picture and of then, you doing that pose? <laughs> yeah, okay, why? But sure. it's funny. So they look like this, which you can go to our Instagram and maybe see, possibly. And then there was like a tweet thing, and they said like, what is Canada going to be wearing? There was a what? It was a tweet you said tweet. No, I said there was a tweet thing. <laughs> you said a tweet thing. <laughs> Rewind it. I'm I'm right. There was a tweet thing. And the US were like, what is Canada going to be wearing to the closing ceremony? And then Canada posted what they're going to be wearing to the closing ceremony. And you think it would be a joke, but it is very real. They posted a jean jacket that has been spray painted with like the Canada flag and like maple leaves and Tokyo written on the back and it's got a bunch of different sewn on patches of maple leaves and all sorts of things. But it is a blue jean jacket it's made a play by on Levi's. The Canadian tuxedo. Which definition of a Canadian tuxedo for those who don't know? 
jean jacket on top, denim pants on the bottom. Denim, denim, denim. Yeah. Which, oh, I've ruined the punchline. You line. did. <laughs> Mario's, Mario's favorite material. What is Mario's favorite material? I don't know. Denim, denim, denim. You just did that in like Jeopardy order. Yeah. <laughs> so this gets posted. I don't see this because I don't have Twitter. But we FaceTime McKinley's mom. She says, oh, have you heard the news about Canada's Olympic like ceremony sort of like attire, like outfit? And I say, no, I then Google it. And well, I see... She was telling us, she was calling to tell us how ugly it is. Yes. And to like, just discuss like, why would they do this? I took... Well, you can explain. You tell the story then. Okay. So she calls to tell us how ugly it is. And she's like, have you seen their outfits? We're like, no, we have not seen them. Immediately, we look them up and Reese does this. Oh, no. No, that's horrible. Oh, I love it. And then, (laughs) what did you do? I then, yeah, I said, oh, no, it's horrible. I love it so much. And then I kept looking at it and I kept saying, this is amazing. This is the best thing that's ever happened. I found where I could buy one and I bought one. Before the end of the conversation. Before with the my end mom, of the like, conversation. We weren't on the phone very long. No, it was like five to ten minutes. I'd seen the picture. I said, Oh no, this is terrible. You went through a wide range of emotions very quickly. Yep. And then I realized how amazing it was and I bought one. And if you want to know how much it cost, I got it on sale with honey and a little bit off, and it was still a hundred and thirty dollars. It would have been two hundred dollars full whack. And I would have bought it twice and the funny thing is i have bought it twice yeah because i bought it it arrived and it's too small so i bought another one it's not necessarily too small but you wanted it to look like a little bit baggy over a hoodie and it looked a bit like fitted and so it just wasn't the style that you wanted it to be but that's not even the main point (laughs) the reason why it's so funny to me is because it's just so like blase of canada to be like denim 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 yeah like the the (laughs) u.s are standing there like pompous this and that right like we're the we're hot shit and then canada are just fucking happy to be there in a jean jacket it's amazing i feel like it would be interesting to see what canadians actually think well and two what the people who are wearing them at the olympics think reddit is not happy no 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 reddit is not happy the canada r slash has anyone on reddit ever been happy couple couple times (laughs) okay but also that brings us on to another reddit thing which we need to talk about how i met your mother how i met your father news but finishing off this jean jacket thing before we get real dark i hate that i made that sound you just went like Oh, <laughs> you made a. Wi- I don't even have a sound button for how. This is the closest I've got. Oh, oh my toe! Yeah. You're probably gonna have to make a sound button of that yeah, sound. That was that was weird. Anyway, the jean jacket thing. I'll post it on the Instagram. I don't know why it just tickled me. It tickled me because if you think of the Olympics, the tradition, the 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 you know the the intro music, how just it's just everything. And then Canada have like a breakfast club spray painted jean jacket as the it's like the 80s it's like they just don't give a fuck it's like they really don't give a fuck and they're letting everybody know there's also like an image online that i've seen of like first of all um okay i'll explain it and then i'll say what i was gonna say so they it's like america won first and then like i don't know germany won second and canada came in third Mm -hmm. and the first two look like uh, completely unhappy 
like even the u.s is like yay and then germany who came second are like no and then canada is like partying like hard like (laughs) just happy to be there yeah and i guess there's some sort of like um like psychology behind it's better to come in third than second Mm -hmm. because you're like happy you made it onto the pedestal where second is like i could have been first yeah so that's probably why but the pictures are so funny because canada looks like they're like like they didn't even know they were at the olympics Mm -hmm. and then they came in third like that's how happy they were yeah so well that just like where they're coming from i think it's it's like i'm not canadian but i've lived in canada now for almost two years and i love it here i always have like so i feel like one day i would love to be a canadian right like that would be great for me yeah and just like with how much i love canada and i love also i don't really wear jean jackets i've never had one in fact and i don't think it's something i can really pull off but i want this so bad <laughs> because it's just so canadian it's, very it's silly. so it's so perfectly canadian it's amazing to me and it just completely sums up like why i love canada because it's not a it's not a fuck you to the olympics it's definitely not that it's just a we're happy to be here but this is us being comfy and happy like mm-hmm. it's just like a Oh, this is like we like wearing jean jackets in Canada, and like we love maple leaves and our Canadian flag. Like, there's maple leaves everywhere in Canada. Yeah. If you go anywhere in Scotland, you might see a bunch of tartan and stuff, but you won't see the Scottish flag everywhere. If you Unless go to it's anywhere like a in Canada, there's tart. maple leaves. Ev- I guarantee you, every single living quarters, apartment, home, house in Canada has at least five maple leaves in it that you could find. Interesting. Count up your maple leaves, everyone. Count up your maple. You can't. There's too many. <laughs> you can't. I love it. I love it so, so much. And when this jean jacket arrives, the one that properly fits, I will wear it with pride, even if I look stupid in it, because it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And there's there's every chance as well, because it's kind of a controversial piece, it might be worth something one day. And I did consider that. But I also just, I just love it. I love it. The problem was that it did not smell great. (laughs) No, it does stink a bit. It smells like rubbery plastic. So we're going to have to let it have a room to air out in. I'm going to air it out and I think I'll spray it with some Febreze or something, you know? (laughs) I feel like you don't want a mix of smells though. You got to air it out first. Just hang it out the window? No, like. Just in the closet, the cold closet? Yeah. That could work. Maybe. Or like in the bathroom with the window open. Mm Mm-hmm. No one else who's listening to this knows where we live, but we have a cold closet. We do. (laughs) For some reason. There's a ghost in there. Anyway, next thing is a bit of sad news, and it is all about this. Is it sad? I don't know. But it is How I Met Your Mother news because it was announced that Hulu. Hulu, which is a streaming service, not a sponsor, but hit us up. I, Not do, as do we're Hulu, about to like do shit Do Hulu on have it. the rights to How I Met Your Mother then? Because it's on Star. It's on Disney Plus now. I don't understand. And it's anything. also on Netflix, I think. Are we sure that they're all different? I think. Right. Here's <laughs> conspiracy theory time. Okay. Let's get some like some creepy music. Oh, I don't like when okay. you do the music over top all right, of fine, the talking. Fine, fine, fine. Um, conspiracy theory. <laughs> I think that Disney owns all of them. I think Disney owns everything. I think Walt Disney's head is I think is Walt still Disney's conscious. alive. <laughs> yeah. I think that his head has his whole body in it. <laughs> Wait, what? Rewind. I don't actually. I don't actually. You think Walt Disney's head has all of his body in it? I think his body it. died, but they put all of his organs in his head or something, and his head uh, is just ha- this conscious Have thing. you seen 
Men in Black. You know his head is frozen, right? I, I know. Okay. His whole body's frozen. Oh, I thought it was just his head. He They decapitated yeah. him and then froze That's him? A, there's a conspiracy theory that they came out with Frozen just so that when you Google Frozen Disney, it doesn't, it doesn't come, come up, up with, with his head frozen. Wow. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> Sorry, you were going to say. Have you seen Men in Black, the first one? Long time ago. Okay. Have you seen the part where it's this dude and he's got a little alien in his head mm-hmm. and they open, it's like basically it's a big robot and then they open up his face and in there is a little alien that's controlling him. Yeah. That's Walt Disney. Mm. Also, remember when we watched the Walt Disney TV show thing and I cried when he died? Nope. You don't remember that? Nope. Oh, okay. That's why I also like in actuality don't think that he's dead. The whole park like stopped and everyone was like literally depressed for days. Was this the wonder wonder? Don't know. Hmm. Anyway, what were we talking about? Don't know. We got into Disney. Oh, streaming service. Hulu, <laughs> How I Met Your Mother. Okay, so Hulu has just announced that there's going to be a new TV series that they're going to be making and streaming starring Hilary Duff called How I Met Your Father. And it's supposed to only be 10 episodes, though. Like a mini series almost. Yeah. I posted it to the How I Met Your Mother Reddit. It's got so many comments and upvotes, downvotes, all sorts of stuff on it. It really took off as like a topic to talk about. And the general reaction is really, really negative towards it. I wasn't happy about it off the get go. Yeah. But yeah, so it's got 380, 70, 78 comments. Why they keep doing this? We're out of ideas this is what somebody said literally i can't we just make new shows instead of remaking shit that was done and that's good so the most upvoted thing says i'm at the dentist office and came across this post as 500 miles came on the radio i know for sure we're now in a simulation but (laughs) (laughs) that's a whole other thing um that's amazing yeah and then this is the second upvoted one which i also kind of like i don't understand the point of this it can't be a sequel because of the ending of how i met your mother but i love the last line in the article um apker and Berger added in a joint statement we can't wait for audiences to meet sophie and her crew and watch them come into their own and find love in a modern day new york city and we hope nobody thinks it's weird that bob saget will play hillary duff's will be playing old hillary duff's voice oh <laughs> I like it. I think that's very funny. I think that's funny too. I, I always so I knew this Bob person. Bob Saga did. Yeah, Ted's voice. Ted's voice as an old whatever, right? Yeah, I had this. I knew this person when I was in high school whose pet peeve was when people said that's funny instead of just laughing. And whenever anyone does it, I think of that, mm. and it makes it funnier. Hmm. Because a normal reaction to something that's funny is that you laugh. <laughs> Yeah. So if you say that's funny, it means that it wasn't funny enough that you laugh. Yeah, because you acknowledge that that's funny, but don't think yeah. it's funny or don't react yeah. bodily that it's funny. Exactly. Um, Do you like Hillary Duff? So I liked Lizzie McGuire. Like I watched it when I was a kid and yeah, I liked never, it. Never seen it, so don't know. Like standard kids Is she in show. Cheaper by the Dozen? Yes, she She's is. She's the blonde one? Mm-hmm. Oh, I used to find her a bit... <laughs> the older sister mm-hmm. yeah um she's good looking excuse me <laughs> so sorry As you both. Yeah. she's good looking <laughs> um i just 
find her like a bit of a cheesy actor Mm -hmm. but to be fair i haven't seen her in anything recently like all the stuff i know that she did was like disney stuff or cheaper by the dozen like it was kids content do you want to see the original cast in this show i in any way slight cameo walk past him holding a paper bumps into him at a traffic light like it depends it depends on if the show is good or not Mm. because if it's trash i want to be able to mentally separate it from how i met your mother my biggest concern, and I think the easiest camo that they can do cameo. and that they can make, <laughs> is that Barney hits on her. Yeah, that would be pretty funny. I think that would be the only real cameo I could see happening. Also, Neil Patrick Harris was in Toronto for a little while, he not was, that long ago, but and did I they really wanted to find him. No. I don't think so. Still, just this is just a side note. Mm-hmm. I really tried to stalk him, but I couldn't figure it out where he was staying yeah well he was in quarantine so well he was in quarantine for 14 days and posted about it every day and then he posted himself at a park and a sushi restaurant but we we weren't actually around yeah we weren't around anyway off topic so on in general i'm like meh in my head i'm not gonna link the two i will definitely watch the show but i can still in my head completely blank that they're a thing the same way that i completely blank that the hobbit movies exist to me they don't exist does it even have to be similar you know what I mean? Like, the premise of the show can be meeting your father, but is that really that, like... Yeah, it's just... That, that, yeah, it's the them? same sort of theme, but doesn't mean that they'd be canon. That's why I, I don't want them to be any cameos. I don't want them to link them. Mm-hmm. I want to just, like... Because, for, for sure, I could... Oh, man, I'm going to say some shit here. I feel like I could watch a How I Met Your Father or How I Met Your Mother, whether it be, you know any sort of relationship sort of series if they do it well and it's in a good group of friends and it's just about sort of that sort of the same thing that friends had the tv show of like a group of friends and the adventures they get up to and the whole thing is to try and find love settle down and you know have Mm -hmm. a good life sort of thing i can watch shows like that for sure um but yeah i don't think you need to link them all together no you know i think that they should just find new ideas like just in general so much movies and tv is just the same hollywood thing. is struggling Sequels, remakes yep. everything yep, yep. i think it's not even that they're struggling necessarily it's just that it's doing so well so mm-hmm. why not keep milking it true true and on that note <laughs> let's get into the oscars. the oscars we were talking about this just before we started this you know how the oscars they literally just when someone talking too long they hit the music if you talk too long in this, or if I start talking too long, I'm just going to play the music, and then I'm just going to drown you out on top of it. And be like, be like trying to rap at their speeches, and be like, and I like thank my mom. This, this, is, this is how it happens. They'd be like, they only get like 10 seconds, too, okay. before they start like introing the music. You give me the award, and then I'll, I'll show what happens. You want how... best actor? Yeah, give me All best right. actor. Like, in fact, no. I, what do I want? I want best sound design. All right. Okay, ready? Go for it. And the Oscar for best sound design goes to Reese Clark. (laughs) Woo! Hello, thank you all so much. You know, this is bit wow. (laughs) I just need a wow. Yeah, this has been, you know, getting to this point, starting out where i started in in a small field in smallville with nothing but a an adopted mom and dad who you know they're in the audience today hi mom hi dad you know to to 
to be winning best sound design for the Pineapple Theory movie is just something I I could never really fully have dreamed of, but now that I've grasped, I'm very grateful and humble to be here. And you know, there's there's a whole list of people to, to thank. And oh oh oh, okay, Mark, Steve, thanks guys, and uh, Henry, John, uh, Linda, Linda, you know who you are. Uh, uh, okay, 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 and uh, oh right, oh. They don't really come in after the rest. They just like usher you no, off the like, stage. Like people Jack just come Black out. Do- Jack Black doesn't come over like, hey, no. and give it up. That was that people was People just Reese. come from the wings and just lightly put their hand around you and walk you away. Mm. Like you would be literally speaking and you'd be getting further from the mic and you'd be like, and thank you mom and dad and like my cousin and I just want to say thank you to God. And then you're gone. And they can't see you anymore. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically that's about how it goes what is the origin of the statue what'd you call it trophy statue award trophy it says trophy here okay it is modeled after mexican filmmaker and actor emilio fernandez Woo! go emilio you know who he is um let's look at a picture of his face shall we is he bald i don't think they don't give him hair He's supposed to represent all the different parts of filmmaking. Mm. Not necessarily him, but the the Oscars shape, and he's holding yeah. a sword, I guess, and stuff. Is he? No way. What does he look like? <laughs> does he look weird? No, it's the Breakfast Club guy, is it not? That's the Mighty Ducks guy. The Mighty Ducks guy. I mix them up. Who is the Breakfast Club guy? Really? That's model of... No way. He's too new. How long has the Oscars been going on? 93, 93 years, years. But did they always look the same? No. That this can't, can't be, be right. right. <laughs> you must have typed something in wrong here. It's no way is it the Mighty Ducks quack quack guy. He he embodies all of film. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that would be hilarious. That would be... He's the brother of Charlie Sheen and son of actor Martin Sheen. Oh my God. And he imagine. is the Breakfast Club guy. Same guy. Mighty Ducks. Same guy? Breakfast Club. All right. Could you imagine if this was true, but then also if Charlie Sheen was the Oscar? Like That would be amazing. Winning! <laughs> <laughs> that would be okay, so dumb. I don't know if I can fact check this fast enough, but maybe we can just put like an Instagram post or something where we explain. Nope. No? <laughs> We're just going to give out false information. Oh, right. The Mighty Ducks guy is, is the, Oscar. the Oscar. Even though it started 93 quank, years quank. ago. And yeah, he's, what, and he definitely wasn't like alive 50 then. 50 something? Yeah. I'm assuming the award is made out of solid gold. Mm-hmm. I think it's gold plated, honestly. How much do you think you could sell an Oscar for? Mm, I feel like it depends on who's Oscar. Mm. Like who's who's got the most valuable Oscar? Yeah. Um. I was going to say a fun anecdote, I guess, about okay. the Oscar. Go for it. That, you know, in Terminator 2, mm-hmm. when the... Dun, 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 dun. The liquid Terminator, the yep. guy that, like, shapeshifts yep. a little. Turns into a sword. Yeah. When he dies and the nitrogen or whatever is freezing him, yep. he is meant to look like an Oscar. Mm-hmm. So his shape is very... Um, it resembles the Oscar quite a bit. And so, I don't know if it won or not. You mean that the ultimate killing machine Terminator 2 
tries to look like a mighty duck coach um if we're believing it yeah then yes you wanted to talk about previous oscar winners yes i did well i just figured that it would be a nice intro into because i know that you're not that interested in the oscars but Mm -hmm. maybe like the type of movies that have won or something i think it's it's one of those things because it's not like it's a little bit pompous you know like it's like the best arty films win but not necessarily the best movies no not necessarily like the, the common people sort of like this is very not much a, like the avengers yeah this is like a common person sort of podcast right so mm-hmm. like do we care about if some film that like parasite you know that i'm sure is an amazing movie but if i have to watch a whole movie in with subtitles and all that that's me being ignorant but like i'm just like it's like that's not going to be my favorite movie for those mm-hmm. reasons See, I haven't seen it either because I haven't been like awake enough since I was twelve to watch a movie with par- with subtitles. Mm-hmm. But I also think that that's everything that's wrong with moviegoers. Probably. Like to just completely dismiss a movie because it's not in your language. I don't dismiss it. You just did. No, I'm just saying that like it wouldn't be my voted one, but. That's what I mean. I don't care for the Oscars because it's not so like... So then nothing that's foreign would ever be yours. Nothing about like an Oscar award or nomination is going to make me watch the movie other than for this podcast. Like I'm not going to hear Parasite won the Oscar and I'm suddenly going to go watch Parasite mm. because even if if any movie won the Oscar, it just I just wouldn't go and see I it mean, because it's, it's an Oscar to be winner. About, I, not that I even know, like I don't know what people in film, if they largely support the oscars if they don't like i'm actually not completely sure there's been lots of racist scandals about them right but in my opinion i can't even remember what my opinion was gonna be when i started that cool um essentially that like it's the film that filmmakers like Mm -hmm. so it should have some sort of value like there's a reason that everyone who has studied film picked this movie mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i yeah. feel like that's important okay anywho previous oscar winners parasite obviously was last year yep the green book love that movie though mm-hmm. that was a great movie that had aragon in it yeah the shape of water and moonlight won the two years before that shape Did of water i never saw moonlight? moonlight i don't know if you've seen it i watched it hmm. very good like cinematography and stuff but plot i thought was kind of boring we were thinking we watched uh three billboards and that was nominated and we thought that that should have won mm-hmm. over shape of water especially mm-hmm. my dad was really yeah, upset was that shape of water won over that no god this is your dad yeah anyways, no god then, please no 2016 was spotlight hmm. which good movie that was the one with the catholic priests and mm-hmm. mark ruffalo yeah that was a good movie yeah, Birdman, 12 Years a Slave, Argo. Did you ever see Argo? Nope. Argo's good. Ben Affleck's movie. The Artist, King's Speech, Hurt mm. Locker. King's Speech, like it a lot. Hurt Locker, did that not beat Avatar? And that was a huge controversy. Did Avatar come out in 2010? That seems early. Avatar came out in 2008, I think. I'm sure the Hurt Locker beat Avatar to something. Mm, maybe. And then Slumdog Millionaire. That was a good movie. I've not seen it. You've never seen Slumdog Millionaire? No. I know it's like, who wants to be a millionaire? 
but I've no, I've, I, I've seen the end of it, I think, but I don't really remember it. It's good. Okay, so in the era of blockbusters, Locker cost a mere eleven million dollars to make, compared with the two hundred two hundred and thirty million dollars cost of Avatar to earn its gold. Um, Was why Avatar Oscar, like yeah. the most like gro- highest grossing movie for like a very long time though? Yeah, like it's still no Avengers. Okay, so Avengers: Infinity War, Endgame. Sorry, Endgame beat. Avengers Endgame beat, has now beaten Avatar for like the highest grossing whatever, but they did they released it twice. Mm. Somehow they've they've done a weird thing where they got it. Anyway, so it says yeah, the Hurt Locker beat Avatar for the uh, Oscar eighty second yeah Oscars. Mm. Interesting because it was a controversial Best Picture and everyone thought it should have been Avatar, but then Hurt Locker won. Interesting. Anyways, those are some of the more recent winners of the Oscars for yeah. some context, I guess. There's not a single Star movie. Wars movie in there. No, but Star Wars has always, always been nominated for sound and editing. Yeah. Sound and... Uh, Which, like, do you want to try and argue with effects. me that Oscars is the best acting? Or, sorry, that Star Wars is the best acting? No, of course not. So and Or, like, all over a film? Like, I think they've been nominated for what they do amazing, which is, like, sound and visual effects, visual effects and stuff like that. Yeah. Anywho. Shall we go to this year's Oscars? We shall go to this year's Oscars. I'm on the official Oscars website. Okay. And I we have can it just talk about well. it um, okay, in the order so... that they read them. Oh, I don't know what order they read them. They're in the order that they read Best them. Best picture, then actor? No, no. Oh. Okay. The you, official you, Oscars website. You do website. it. You go. You go. You go. <laughs> oscars.org category number one is actor in a leading role oh great yeah so <laughs> to clarify we have not seen all these movies we've seen some i think we've seen four of and a lot of the time so there's overlapping we have we've seen, seen four of the best black bottom movies. chicago seven nomad lander nomad land that's such a hard one to say nomad land yep and uh pretty not pretty woman <laughs> <laughs> promising uh, young promising woman. young woman yeah yeah so actor in a leading role nominees riz ahmed for sound of metal chadwick boseman for ma Rainey's black bottom anthony hopkins for the father gary oldman for mank and stephen ewan for minari this is the one they start with yeah or i don't know actually yeah how are we gonna properly make our prediction when we've only seen one of them just be basically like do you think that chadwick boseman's performance is oscar worthy okay so yeah we won't pitch them pick them against each other because out of all these people here i would say the two most prestigious actors there are gary oldman and anthony hopkins anthony hopkins probably the top yeah. one there right i like, think he if won, I he's won oscars if before. i were to pitch all these actors against each other i would say anthony hopkins then gary oldman then chadwick boseman then riz ahmed and steven yun i'm i've never heard of you i'm sorry um <laughs> but yeah um chadwick boseman in ma so, rainey's black bottom i think did a really good job i think the difficulty is is the whole the fact that he's passed thing i think he will win the oscar because he has passed and is I don't know right? if that's okay. Is that okay? 
I to be fair, I haven't seen any of these movies, so maybe he does a way more phenomenal job than anyone else. It but all- I don't think it matters. I think that the Academy will give the award to him in the honor of his legacy, mm-hmm. even if this isn't his best movie. I'd say this is his best movie I've seen him in. It's definitely the most. Because he's great he's as done? like Marvel's Black like Panther, yeah. but it's not like he has to like really stretch his like acting vocals. He puts on an accent and then he's like physically there, but like he doesn't have to do like crazy emotional scenes versus yeah. this one where he really does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is difficult because we watched the movie last night and it is very. You knock your tooth again? Huh. It's very difficult. Metal diffi- straw on a yeah. metal. It's uh, it was difficult to watch the movie last night because every time uh, he was in frame, you knew you know that he's gone, and it's like it that definitely adds gives you a, a weird prefaces. Pre- gives you yeah, gives you like bias. Bias almost yeah to like to the performance because yeah it's just, it's it's very sad to watch because like he's so good and so young looking and he looks healthy he looks like great. it's crazy knowing that he passed away from cancer and seeing him like that and thinking like this man looks like there's nothing wrong with him mm-hmm. so that is pretty crazy um obviously not having seen any of the movies okay so i'm happy if he wins I have pulled up the Rotten Tomatoes, Tomatoes editorial predicted winners for the categories. And they've predicted Chadwick Boseman winning for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. The reason as to why is they say, though Anthony Hopkins is a potential spoiler for his turn as an Auschmeiser's sufferer, Auschmeier's sufferer in The Father, Not the Oscar... Alzheimer's? Alzheimer's sufferer in I thought it was like an Auschwitz like uh, no, something anyway. like. <laughs> okay Alzheimer's sufferer in the father the Oscar is Bozeman's which is what we've been saying since the film debuted last fall and while some will say he will win because of his untimely death he deserves the win for his performance alone and it will be a fitting tribute to his legacy see we watch it's always going to be tainted and I guess a little bit maybe of a controversial opinion but like it could have been how we watched it it could have been you know we were eating dinner and whatever but i didn't feel super impacted by his character i you did said that you did so maybe like i just wasn't you know completely focused on it or something but there was just something missing like no i'm good um the yeah, way that he was my drink here yeah um it was more First of all, I didn't realize that it was based on a play until yeah. after we watched it. And I think that that context would have made it make more sense. But I was just like, why is he going off on these like super long tangents all the time? Nice. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, and I was like, I, think I don't feel like this is the time for your dramatic backstory. Could you watch that movie again? I feel like I... Like, to pick up on stuff that I missed, probably. Out of all the Oscar movies we've seen, I would say this one and Chicago 7 I could watch again. The Chicago other two... 7 I could probably watch, like, over and over again. Yeah, but that's, like, sort of in your passion. Yeah. Um, Anyways. I, I, th- guess... I think he did great. I, think I don't that... think that he did bad by any means. I think he did good. And I think that he deserves the Oscar, even if it is for his legacy. You know what I mean? Like, that wouldn't bother me. Mm-hmm. 
out of everything I've seen him do, which is not a lot, admittedly, this is my favorite thing he's done. He had a lot of lines. He had a lot of lines, and he delivered delivered well, well. and he delivered some crazy emotions. Yeah, Yeah. like you know, you hear you the the sort of um, I don't even know what the blurb for this movie would be, but I imagine it's going to be about a musician and it's this and that. But it's it's way more than that. Like it's it's about deep uh, emotional issues and I would say racism. As well as, do we want to talk more about like the movie itself for the best picture? Yeah, for the best picture. I I think he did great. I think if he wins it, then cool. Obviously, not having seen the others, but Rotten Tomatoes is also saying that he should win. So yeah, cool. I'm content with him. Next category: actor in a supporting role. So we have Sacha Baron Cohen, actress, actor, actor in supporting role. Okay. Sacha Baron Cohen. Sacha Baron Cohen. For Which Trial is, of the Chicago 7. It's very nice. It's Borat. But in Chicago 7, so mm-hmm. different. Daniel Kuluya. Judas and the Black Messiah. Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami. Paul Rocky? Rossi? Probably Rossi. In Sound of Metal. And Lakeith Stanfield in Judas and the Black Messiah. Again, we have only seen one of these movies. Yeah. Which is the Chicago 7 with Sacha Bauer Cohen. He was good. I think he did really good. Mm -hmm. I love... I love Sacha Bauer Baron Cohen because, one, he's British, (laughs) but he just does a really good job in everything he's in. And if you actually listen to the guy in any interview or any anything, he is wicked smart. Like, he is... Wicked smart. He plays Borat, and obviously Borat is probably one of the things that he would be, like, most known for. But the guy is really quick. And he just has a... Like, he ha- I would love, love, love to have a coffee with this guy. Mm-hmm. What scene in this movie do you think would earn him an Oscar? I would say the scene with him and Eddie Redmayne going back and forward when they sort of look like they're losing and they're talking about the speech part and why he shouldn't go up on the stand and why he supports him and he's talking about how he's read all his stuff and like they go back and forth and they push and shove a bit. I like that because it felt very genuine that these two characters, one from the way they look, the way they dress, the way they've been outfitted and all that, it was really convincing and you could tell the sort of tension between it. But it was also the fact that his character in this movie is, I don't know if the word is, you're allowed to say it anymore, but basically a hippie, right? And he's a bit of this, that and whatever. Mm -hmm. But the whole point of that scene was to show that whilst he is a hippie and he is a bit of a relaxed whatever, he really does care and he is really smart. I also think... And that just sums up Sasha Baron Cohen to me is that he just like sort of, he, he could be perceived as the idiot but really he can switch it like that and then suddenly he's like on the front foot like he knows his stuff Mm -hmm. Um, i would say that i thought the trial of the chicago seven was a pretty funny movie mm -hmm. and i think he is the whole reason that it's funny yeah like it's very intense and we talked about it like both of them him him and the other guy yeah but it's their banter that's funny yeah so them like working together yeah against the judge and in the interview process and literally the whole comic element of the movie Mm -hmm. which is part of the reason that it's so enjoyable and i could say that even just for 
being that comic relief in such a like articulate way as he is in the movie would elevate it. How, to, how like, do Oscar they clarify status. supporting actor? Because in that movie, Chicago Seven, character. who would you put as the main character? Joseph Gordon-Levitt or Eddie Redmayne? I think that they would be the two main characters. Hmm, interesting. So like, I think so. so any Viola of the Davis, other people could example, have been is nominated for best actress in Moraine's Black Bottom. And, and Chadwick, Chadwick Bosman is... is best actor, Bozeman. Okay, because you got a gender thing there. Yeah, but if but they'd they're both, both been male, roles. if they'd both been male, they would have had to pick one. Well, no, because Judas and the Black Messiah has two people in supporting actor. Mm, true. So I don't know exactly how that would ro- work. One of which, Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya. He's the Get Out guy. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh wow. I think Daniel Kaluuya. Let me just click here. Leslie yeah, Odom Jr. is he's the, the guy get out. Hamilton. By the so way. if you've seen Get Out, he's also in Johnny English Reborn. He's like his assistant and I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's the get out guy who is an incredible actor. Um, so I guess the question based on not having seen. I would say it would be difficult for him his, to win this. Yeah. Was no. his performance the Oscar I would have to ass- I would have to assume these other guys are going to be better. It wasn't stand out. I think he did a great great job. I have no issues of his performance in this movie at all. And I know it's supporting one, but he just didn't have enough. I would have liked more of him. Yeah. But I he agree. nailed it and I think that he did a great job. Okay, Rotten Tomatoes, you want to know? Sure. So they think that Daniel Kaluuya would win it. So this is the get out guy for Judas and the Black Messiah. The reason as to why Daniel Kaluuya has been pretty unstoppable since the crime thriller committed to the season earlier this year. With wins at the Golden Globes, the BAFTAs, the SAGs, and Critics' Choice Awards, if the Get Out star didn't win by some fluke, it would be one of the biggest upsets in Oscars history. Wow. Whispers, and that's just not going to happen. I feel like we need to watch that movie now. I think we do. Judas and the Black Messiah. All right. Um, Actress in a leading role. So they go actor. I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about this, I remember waiting to see if Leonardo DiCaprio won and it was very late in the show. So I don't yeah. think that this is the okay. order that Would they go in. Just it's go just the it. official website. Okay, so best leading actress is what we're doing now. Yeah. Actress okay. in a leading role. Mm-hmm. Viola Davis, Moraney's Black Bottom. Yep. Which we've seen. Andra Day, The United States versus Billie Holiday. Not we seen. We haven't seen that one. Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman. Not seen. Frances McDormand, Nomadland. Seen that. And Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Yes. So Frances McDormand also did three billboards. Mm-hmm. She's the lead lady in I that, would say the she's month. like blows herself away in three bo- billboards versus this movie. Like three billboards was way better. Well, you made a good point the other day about this movie. No bad, no, Nomadland. <laughs> I hate it because I want to say Nomadder. Because no matter is like, uh, Aaron did like a university project on it. Um, friend of mine. Anyway, Nomad Land. Francis McDermott. Dormand. She doesn't have much to say in this movie. It's a yeah. very quiet, non-scripted, unspoken movie that plays a lot on musical and visual. I'm going to talk more about it later. I think. Okay. Because I don't so, know if her role. Well, I don't know. Because the, I feel the, like the, the point of me bringing that up yeah. for best actress is because. Are you a, are you a better actor if you can do um uh wow, wow 
Washington's son, not Washington, Denzel Washington, mm-hmm. his son, in that movie with Zendaya. Zendaya. I don't know what his name is. When he has a whole Daniel, speech maybe? to rattle off of, right? No. Is that, that better? Like Say you have like a five minute spiel that you go off in one take like he did in that movie. Mm-hmm. Is that better acting than two to five minutes of no speaking but pure emotional display on your face and body? Like how do you how do you weigh it up, you know? Like, I don't know. For me, like having done like theater I would think it would be way more difficult to do something without words than with words. But I imagine that there's people who are way more expressive through body language that would have trouble putting emotion into their words and things more. So I think that it really is like, it depends on the movie and the actor and everything. Mm -hmm. Okay, so out of these best actresses, who are you saying are the ones that we've seen? We've seen three out of the five. I would like Carrie Mulligan to win. Yeah, me too. For Promising Young Woman. I think that she does a really good job doing both. I think Like that monologues that... and emotion. Like um... in silence type thing. And the way that she switches character. We talked about this a little bit after we watched the movie. But there's moments where she's just like light and bubbly and fun and then she sort of turns and it's very serious and dark and she does those transitions flawlessly Mm -hmm. i think she has a lot of because her character in this movie is changed first of all the movie we're going to talk about in a bit but first of all watch the movie everybody um but her character in this movie without spoiling it has to do a lot of different the character that herself like impersonates people and pretends to be someone she's not. So she's got to act. We, we can explain, like I guess, what she's doing. Yeah, so she goes out on nights out sometimes, acts really drunk to try and get with guys to then prove that they're assholes and are going to try and like basically sexually abuse her and take advantage of her being drunk. And then she snaps at the last minute before they get to do anything, but after they've done something to then prove that they're an asshole and that they, you know, and then she does whatever she does to them. Um, but yeah, so she has to do a lot of different sort of characters within this one character and a lot of different moods and emotions and just the way that she convincing acts drunk is very the convincing. whole time yeah. there's not a point the very opening scene we weren't sure what was we going didn't know on. what was happening in a good way like yeah. we weren't sure if it was her origin story as to why she is the way she is or if it was her just impersonating a drunk person to be able to trick them basically Well, because we sort of knew the blur yeah, about the, the movie yeah. like yeah, what, what it was, it was sort of going to be but we were immediately confused because of like how convincing, convincing she was. her yeah. performance was. So yeah, she did great. Viola Davis in Marina's Black Bottom. I love Viola Davis. I think she's amazing in everything Very she's ever convincing. done. What else has she done? Viola Davis, first of all, has won an Academy Award, I think, for Best Actress before. I'll let you know. Hold I can pull it up here quicker if you want. I've already got it. Okay, so Viola Davis has done How to Get Away with Murder... Marini's Black Bottom, The Help, Fences, Windows, Suicide Squad, Debut. Yes. Yeah, uh, or maybe she didn't. Anyway. Um, in this movie, though, I think she does great. Yeah, she does a really great job. I don't actually like... So it's based on a play, which is 
then a fictionalized story of the person who wrote the play. Mm-hmm. So what happens in the movie didn't actually happen to her, but I think Viola Davis's character is based on a real person. Mm-hmm. And the amazingness or whatever the word for it is of the story might come from or of her performance sorry might come from how she portrays that person yeah we don't really but know I what don't she know was like the the background yeah ma rainey's real life person we don't know how convincing which uh, a lot of Davis oscars of like an oscar nominees have done like really convincing portrayals of a real person and that's what makes their performance yeah, like so, freddie mercury and um What's his face? Him. Yeah. So Viola Davis won an Oscar for Fences. And The Help. Like, what's the Freddie Mercury actor called? Rami Malek. Rami Malek. (laughs) Okay. Um, In this movie, she's great. Very convincing. Very good. You said she loves wearing the fat suit, apparently. (laughs) Um, yeah i just read a thing about her husband saying that she was like feeling the fat suit like she was super happy about mm-hmm. it i think she was great but yeah carrie mulligan i would put it above yeah um francis mcdormand i didn't really like the movie that much and the more i think about the movie the more i don't like it so it's a whatever not that i don't like it, i just wasn't interested like mm-hmm. at no point was i really gripped by the story or really cared but also i don't think it's meant for me no like i don't relate to much of what they do i feel like that's craziness first of all maybe we'll talk about it more when we get to best picture um i do think that i would prefer carrie mulligan win over francis mcdormand and viola davis but i do think that they all had great performances Mm -hmm. i would put out of the three that we've seen carrie mulligan first viola davis second francis mcdormand third third Mm mm-hmm but it's very close between Viola Davis and Frances McDormand. Yeah. Fra- Frances McDormand did amazing. Like, really good. Very, like, you know, she plays the character well and very convincing the whole time. To then see her in Three Billboards after watching that movie was yeah. crazy. I love her in Three Billboards. She's yeah. amazing. Anywho. Okay, Rotten Tomatoes, you want to know? Yeah. Okay, so they say, who will win Viola Davis for Moraney's Black Bottom? The reason as to why... In truth, we don't know about this one. Andrea Day won the Golden Globe for the United States versus Billie Holiday. Carrie Mulligan took home the Critics' Choice Award for Promising Young Woman. Frances McDormand won the BAFTA for No Man's Land. And Viola Davis took home the SAG Award, which, without without indicative, without indicative wins to really... Indicative? essentially means that Without indicative wins to really give us a clear favorite we are putting the most weight behind the sag honor as mcdormand is listed as a producer for no man land it is assumed she is not going home empty-handed given that the film will likely win best picture so why not give this one to davis who's already down one oscar after losing for her worthy work in debut doubt sorry sorry wait who are they saying will win best picture they're saying best picture from well, that little Will blur, Nomad Nomad, Nomadland. I've read that too. But Viola Davis for who will win Best Actress in a Leading Role. Yeah. Okay, great. So, next category. We just did Actress. Best Actress in a Leading Role. All right. Actress in a Supporting Role. Boom, bum, bum. Which this is kind of funny because I, I haven't watched the Borat movie. 
Maria Bakalova mm-hmm. is nominated. This one we can kind of fly through because we don't know any of these. Yeah. And it says, Borat subsequent movie film, delivery of prodigious bribe. There's something in my eye. To American regime for making benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Yep. Don't know what that means. Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy. Olivia Coleman, The Father. Amanda Seyfried, Mank. And... Ye Zhang Yong Minari. We've watched a Glenn Close movie very recently. Who is Glenn Close? Corella DeVille. Yes. Yes. And Amanda Seyfried is the Mamma Mia girl. Yeah, I know who she is. Mm-hmm. I like her. My brother has, like, you know how some people just don't like certain actors? And mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter why. It's just, like, a write-off. Mm-hmm. My brother hates her with a passion, like won't watch anything that she's in, and I don't understand it. Hmm. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we've not seen any of these, do you want me to just read the Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, and, go and then there? we'll just move on. Okay, so Rotten Tomatoes for Best Actress in Supporting Role. They are predicting Young Young Jing for Minari. So, sorry, Madam Glenn Close, we want you to get the golden statue as much as anyone, but Hillbilly... LG was, LG. let's say, not your best outgoing, at least according to the critics. We're even more determined she stays seated when the winner is red, as her win would knock out Young Jong Chung, brilliant as a grandmother like none you've met in Lee Isaac Chung's moving family drama, Minari, and who is just as deserving as any other veteran for the work she's given us over a day it sounds like they're just really sad that glenn close isn't going to win but she doesn't deserve glenn to close win. is like the actress that people would probably want to win but she doesn't deserve it for that role I, is what i'm getting fair enough not really going to comment because we haven't seen it nope. animated feature film okay best animated feature film i'm not going to read the names because have we i seen don't any know of these? yes we have we've seen one of them nope we've seen two onward fucking win over the moon a Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, Soul, and Wolf Walkers. I want Onward to win. Onward should win a million times. Onward is the best Pixar movie. But in I think a Soul will time. win over uh, Onward. You think? I do. Why? Because more emotion. No, it can't be. Onward's fucking a roller coaster. Onward is the family centered, but I feel like Soul has like the music. Like, don't get me wrong. I prefer Onward. I think that if anything should get any award, it is Onward. It's literally the perfect animated movie. But Soul has, like, the musical elements. Um, I think that people will like the whole, like, dying and then second chance sort of thing. I think it has more intrinsic meaning. Like it's more artsy. Yeah, more artsy, more uh, that's not surface level than Onward. You know, Mm -hmm. I think it has more that you have to read into. And I think that the Oscars will prefer that. But Onward should win. If Shaun the Sheep Farmageddon wins, (laughs) if a movie called Farmageddon wins. Yeah, Onward I've spoken about before about how much I love it. Soul I enjoyed. It was a thinker. It hit at the right time, I think. I would definitely like to see it again. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of putting it on actually the other day to, to just sort of like have on in the background. 
Um, but no, Onward is like the best animated movie since Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, in my opinion. Onward just like affected me. Just hits. You know what I mean? Like you just watch it and like I think I'll cry every time I watch it until I die. Yep. I I <laughs> cried. Okay, so Tristan had it on in the basement the other day. I was upstairs working and I could only hear it and I could just hear it and I cried. <laughs> yeah. Like I still cried crazy. from hearing it. <laughs> anyway, um Rotten Tomatoes say that Soul will win. Mm-hmm. Um the reason as to why, in the past ten years only one film was able to stop Disney slash Pixar's dominance of this category, which was Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Nothing nominated the year um nothing nominated the year has come close to that film's momentum. Sorry, Wolf Walkers folk. The movie is brilliant, but Disney slash Pixar's soul is taking it. Wolf Walkers. Hmm. We haven't watched that one, but no. I guess that is the something other contender. Yep. Um, right. Cinematography. Do you know what that is? Yep. Okay. Nominees: Judas and the Ouch. Black Messiah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um. Mank. News of the World. Nomadland and Trial of the Chicago Seven. I will. News of the World is Tom Cruise, right? And it's not the British TV show that I love. The comedy TV show. News I've of never the World. heard anything of it. News of. I think that Nomadland did have really good cinematography. Yeah, looked great. Way better than the Trial of Chicago Seven. Like, but the Trial of the Chicago Seven wasn't focused on that at all. No. And I think that if Nomadland is deserving of an award, it's this one. The bet. I, so cinematography to me. I think of the remnant and camera work basically yeah and like the they allow long pauses or longer shots to allow for the cinematography to to sort of speak as like another character the chicago seven was cut so thin it was point happens this point happens it needed to be that way though it was was just a different movie like it wasn't that the cinematography looks good but movie in Nomadland or Trial of the Chicago 7 didn't do it as well. The it's edit that is very different. Chicago 7 just wanted to focus on something else, whereas Nomadland was centered around cinematography. Okay, so and I'll say this. Movies with better cinematography win the best picture. Do I know what Rotten Tomatoes picks? Yeah. Nomadland. Yeah. So who will win? Joshua James Richards for Nomadland. Why? Director Chloe Zhao has not met a vast landscape that she didn't want to frame in a breathtaking shot. And Joshua James Richards executed every one um, of the many such moments we get in No Man Land flawlessly. We are giving it to the breathtaking vistas of American West um, over the black and white craftsmanship of Mank for this one. Mm. So I did want to say about cinematography, the scene where she's floating in the water. Yes. And scene where she's walking in the camp and the camera's following her like that and then at the i don't know if this is necessarily cinematography but how when she's at anybody's house it's like gray in the background and she is very blue and like and she's small compared to the house and all that i think that all of that was brilliant Mm -hmm. like all of those i see why people would like the cinematography has to be good in that movie because of the lack of dialogue though yeah but like, it was really good. Same and the, as the moments... Revenant. The Revenant barely had any talk in it. The more I think about it. Oh yeah, the Revenant was very quiet. 
I would watch that movie again. I love The Revenant? That movie. Really? It was so, so long, and everyone complained about how long it was, but I watched it and then was so convinced and loved the, it so much, I wanted to read the book. The bear moment was the only thing that, like, ever had me feeling anything. Yeah, the end fight seems real good. I was like, ooh. Okay. Okay, next category. Costume. Costume! I know who I would pick. There's Emma, Moraine's Black Bottom. Gotta be that one. Mank, Mulan, Pinocchio. Mulan? Mulan. What? I was so, the more and more I think about the Mulan movie, I'm more and more disappointed in it. Spam. I'm oh. getting called by spam. Who wants to listen to my spam? Ready? Hello? Hello. Bonjour. This is a short automated survey from Ecos Research Associates. Goodbye. <laughs> that was my spam. Um, yeah, Mulan I was pretty disappointed in. It just didn't quite... Well... Also, with all the controversy surrounding it, it's kind of crazy that it's nominated for anything. Yeah. Anyway, skip over that one. Um, Moraine's Black Bottom. Gotta be of those, that. I haven't seen Mank or Pinocchio or Emma, so maybe they're amazing. She looked great. Her whole outfit, her like Moraine. her makeup looked real weird. Oh, it grossed me out, but I also but felt like it had to. The <laughs> shoes, the vibe, everything sort of fit. Even the outside. I love the outside scenes. The cars all- and stuff hustling around and they're all like hey buddy like you want to buy a newspaper like <laughs> it just it all like you even said that while we I watched did. it it yeah. just fits that vibe um, i agree it's very um i don't know why i'm gonna compare it to this of all movies but uh uh fantastic beasts harry potter really that sort of vibe is what i got from it and i, I imagine that. so i haven't seen it but i um, imagine emma is very good what's emma about um Hold up. I just want to make sure I get the right author. Jane Austen. Long okay, that's what I thought. Um, Emma is a Jane Austen story. And Jane Austen is basically like 1800s um, women's books. Like, I don't know. All of the famous, like drawing room dramas or whatever you want little to call women? them was little women one? i don't think it was but think that it's not type. jane austen i don't think so no okay but the genre would the genre fit. it would fit that genre pride and prejudice pride and prejudice women. is jane austen woo yes um have you seen pride and prejudice zombies <laughs> no i have not you should smoke a leaf and watch that <laughs> <laughs> You know how we both <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we both have an absolute fascination and love for the movie Abraham Lincoln Vampire yes. Hunter. I amazing f- movie. Read the book so too. Fucking the good. book is amazing. I feel like um, Pride and Prejudice Zombies. You should read the book. Should, I feel like really? that's what you would like. Is there a book? It's amazing. Nick, if you order me that book, I'll read it in one day. I don't believe you. I will read it in one day. <laughs> I don't believe 100 you. Hundred bucks. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a great movie. Anyway. Um, I think that, like, if I had to guess, probably Moraine's Black Bottom will win. But I think Emma would be the leader, like, the one that okay. to beat. I loved everything about the look. The Moraine's Black Bottom, I'm kind of annoyed. Not annoyed, but I'm upset that you didn't enjoy it as much as I did. Because the more I think about that movie, the more I really like that I movie. I think I need to rewatch it. I, I think that I wasn't I, I don't in the mean, headspace. I'm going to say something, and I really... Hold my hand. I don't want this to come <laughs> across as offensive, okay? But you don't have as much understanding of music 
as I okay. do. Yeah. No, you don't need to hold my hand for okay. that. I'm not offended. I don't want to be offended, but like I studied music and I love breaking down music and really listening to it. And it's a huge thing for me. And if John were here, he'd probably have to slap me in the face because I dissed John for talking about the soundtrack. But the music in this movie is like an extra character. And I really, really like it. I thought the music was great. I don't know if it's nominated for music. Well, we'll the look is then the set. I would say soul is probably going to be for music. Soul? I would kind of equate the two. Soul and this movie had similar musical elements. It it did, but the soul has different. Yeah, but the scene where he's walking when he dies, the Mm. music is really good. It's all really good. I listened to jazz for a whole week after watching that movie. I see what's strange is I ooh, sorry. I love jazz in movies. Mm-hmm. I don't like listening to jazz in my own life. You got to find an activity to do I to want listen to jazz to be too. at You haven't seen it, I don't think. But the La La Land bar? Have you ever been to a jazz bar? No. And like listen to no, live but I jazz? I want to do that. Like I think that that's when I will appreciate. Okay. It's a shame is I didn't B. know this. King jazz? No. Like No. R&B or blues. blues. I want to say. I saw him at his bar and that was amazing. What? I, yeah. You saw B.B. King we play? We talked about this, yes. And then he died right after. In New York? Yep. Okay, B.B. King music genre is dun, 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 classical blues. Yeah. Blues classical and blues. jazz are similar. Is that bad no, to say? Okay. They're not. Viola they, Davis talks about blues. Is they, it is that movie that movie's blues? Okay, so if blue in it, it, as a general sort of tone, think of it like this: blues is sad, jazz is happy. Is a very basic way of putting it. Was Chadwick Boseman jazzing up the blues? Yes. Wow. So blues <laughs> goes into jazz. I like. So it. that's what Chad. So okay, so here's the thing: blues has a very long history, and it is very important that if you look into the blues you understand where it came from and where it came from uh, again i don't even know the the full history of it but pretty much think sort of like i don't want to be offensive in how i say this but like sort of slaves sort of like sort of um work songs yeah um, is that like what you're getting at i don't know it's sort of it's sort of their as, as far as, to my understanding, the blues sort of came about from, like, slave workers and whatnot, sort of singing about their blues, about their sorrow, about their this and that. Mm-hmm. And then it came about, and then it sort of was a minority sort of, like, way Anthem, for them maybe? to sort of express their feelings amongst themselves. Anyway, blues, like, transitions all the way through up to a point, and then it reaches into jazz because as much as these sort of sad songs have feeling, heart, and the if you listen to a blues song 20 years before your current date of the blues, it's like sad going into sort of more expressive sort of love and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then it became a thing that people wanted to dance to music and dance in a way that wasn't classical dancing as in ballroom, like waltz or whatever. Like they wanted to wiggle. Then you get jazz and then you get other sort of genres like that. But yeah, that's an easy way of thinking it is blues transitions into jazz, which is where you get the, Whereas a blues would be sort of a a steadier beat, and the lyrics do jazz a lot of the weight. Jazz has a lot of dilint, dilint, like cuts and whatever in it. Mm. Um, is how I would describe it. Interesting. Why are we talking about this? No idea. Because we went on to best soundtrack, best look, 
I'm going to give it to Marini's Black Bottom. You would say probably Emma based on the... I, I still think that Marini's Black Bottom will probably get it. I think okay. that that's probably the one. Best costume do. design, according to Rotten Tomatoes, is Anne Roth for Marini's Black Bottom. Yeah. Reason as to why, Roth has won every costume prize this season. And as Marini's dresses serve as a part of the character, as much as the very aspect of Ilo Davis' performance, we have to say this competition is, yeah, we're going to do it sewn up. Um, directing. directing. If I'm being honest, I okay. don't really know how to judge the director. Best director, yeah. So I'm fine if we just skip this one. Do you want me to just? Well, you got to read out the nominations. Yeah, read out what it. I'll read out the nominations. You read out what they pick, and okay. then we'll just move on. Nominees: Another Round, Thomas Vinterberg, Mank, David Fincher, Minari, Lee Isaac Chung, Nomadland, Chloe Zhao. And promising young woman, Emerald Fennell. Okay. I read something about Emerald Fennell being um, in the running. What was her movie? Uh, promising young woman. Mm-hmm. Something favoring her. And I would be happy if she won because I do think that the movie looked very good and I liked how the story was told. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I couldn't tell you if that is the director's Rotten role. Tomatoes have Chloe Zhao for Nomadlander. Nomadland. Oh. <laughs> And why, uh, putting aside the fact that she shot, directed, and adapted the screenplay for a film that swept every major director contest this awards season and is an odds-on lock to win the big prize, actually, that's it, there's enough to call it over. As I was winning, the win would make her the first Asian woman to win Best Director and only the second woman ever to win the award wow. after Catherine Biglow for the, hunt- for the Hurt Locker. Yeah. Wow. Only the second woman ever to win Best Director. And the first ever Asian woman. Women are taking over directing, and I think that they will, like, continue. That's my prediction. I can't find the button. (laughs) I almost hit the hey asshole. Oh, no. (laughs) Which... Pop quiz asshole. Different podcast. Yeah, different thing. Anyway. um, Yeah, sure. Why not? Nomadland. Nomad. I would love it if an Asian American got recognized for their good work. And if I love the cinematography, I do think that the director and the cinematographer work kind of hand in hand. Yeah. Makes sense. I would think. So I would think that she's very deserving. I just don't know enough about what it takes to direct a film. Yeah. Okay. What's the next category? Documentary, which we haven't seen any of them. Okay. Do you want me to just tell you then? Or you go to the nominations and we'll go through it again? Collective, Crip Camp, the Mole Agent, My Octopus Teacher, and Time. Have a guess. I read something about Crip Camp, but I have no idea what. So I'm going to just pick that one. because This says will win 100% of the vote. They're saying My Octopus Teacher. Really? Mm-hmm. I would. I. What is it about? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I have to be honest about this. Our memory card filled up, and we recorded for a good 20 minutes after, and none of it saved. Woo! But we're back. We're redoing it. Don't you worry. I believe we left off with the end of the documentary series for the Oscars. Let's bring that music back so we know what we're doing here. We've both got new drinks. We've had pizza. We've had pizza, and we've even started watching the... 
documentary octopus film. octopus one. What's it called? The pet octopus? No, my octopus my teacher. My octopus teacher. We started... No, my octopus teacher. My octopus teacher. We started watching that whilst eating our lovely pizza with Dakota for a quick walk. And now we're back. We're drunker than we were before, so... I'm more sober, I think. I'm not. Oh, It no. might skip, but I do have a coffee now, so maybe I can bounce it back out. Yeah. Either way, we're jumping back into it. I'm going to stop the music there. Oh, I forgot it was on. Maybe yeah. I am drunker than I it thought. Was, it was good. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Octopus is teacher for that one. So the next category is, which we have already done, but you guys wouldn't have heard that. So we're going back into it. Mickey, take it away. Documentary short subject. Oh, the shorts. Yeah, we kind of skipped over this last time and we're going to skip over it again I'll because read we don't them. really care. Um, it's not that we don't care. We just haven't seen any of them. It's not that we don't care, sorry. The Rotten Tomatoes um, article that I'm using doesn't have any description of them as to why they think they win. They've just listed three shorts because there's three short awards and they've just said who they think is going to win it and that's it. Yeah. So I can't really talk about it as I've not seen them and I don't know. Yes. So documentary short, Colette, a concerto is a conservation, do not split, hunger ward, and a love song for Latasha. Sure. Yeah. And you said Do Not Split is projected Split to win. Do Not Split is the documentary short subject winner. And we also have the rest of the shorts I'll just go through now. So the live action short subject winner is Two Distant Strangers. And the animated short subject is called Burrow. Yes. So that's that. All Next right. award. Okay. Oh, it's so tragic that this didn't save. Hmm. Uh, the next award is film editing. Ah. And we did have a good bit to say. We did talk about this for a while. All okay. right. The nominees are The Father, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Yes. So we have already said it in this, and the one that I think should win is the one that has been predicted by Rotten Tomatoes, so we should wait and see. But we already said about how much I enjoyed the chicago 7 editing yeah um, as soon as we finished watching the movie we had a conversation about how good the editing for mm-hmm. the chicago 7 was that we did um there was a few things that we pointed to and that was how it just keeps the momentum building throughout the movie yep so it starts off a bit slower and then as the um protests and such pick up in the movie mm-hmm. the um speed i guess of the overall like film picks up yep and also how it puts together real footage from the actual like protests and that sort of thing with the film so splicing um like real footage real, with real remade footage with remade cinema yeah footage yeah exactly. and i said about how that Bohemian Rhapsody in the Wembley scene for Live Aid does this really, really well, where they show the actual footage of Queen performing at Live Aid at Wembley, and then they also cut it into the Remy Malik and the rest of the actors actually acting out the scene. And this can be done really well or really bad. I think two things matter. One is the editing as to how well it blends into each other and how you, I guess also the cinematography of how you use that footage. So I like it a lot when you watch actors in modern day time watching the real life footage for a tv 
you know stuff like that works really well as an edit or a, 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 like a cut to like a tv sort of version of it obviously like a broadcast mm-hmm. the other thing that makes it work really well is if the actors actually look like the people obviously i know that everyone tries to make it as best they can like remy malik and uh, freddie mercury is a perfect example of that like they did really well matching that but if the actors are slightly different especially in like height and size wise then you can clearly see the the issues with that I think Did what they worked. Did do that in Field of Dreams? I don't know why. I've got Field of Dreams in my head as they used real baseball players at some point in the movie rather than oh, just the remember. actors. Or was it just me thinking that Shoeless Joe Jackson was actually the actor? I think you just thought yeah. that the actor <laughs> okay. was Shoeless Joe because we watched Silence of the Lambs after, which he is in, and yes. you were like, that like, isn't Shoeless Joe. Um, Shoeless Joe Jackson. <laughs> I was going to say, the, what works about the sh- trial of the Chicago 7 is that with the images that they put together, um, it's the crowd footage mostly. Yeah. So you don't get to see the actors' characters. Mm-hmm. You mostly see the images of like mass people moving or doing things. Yes. Which I think is very effective. Yeah. There I was agree. something else about it that we talked about. I s- said about how I like the editing of often in trial movies you end up hearing someone sit in the box and testify and then you will just hear their testify sort of statement in this movie here you'll get the build-up to the testimony testimony and then it will show live footage of the people actually enacting it so for example like okay so you walked into the bedroom and then what did you see and then this movie would be edited cut into the actual thing of what they saw and then cut back to the person on the stand saying what they saw and you can clearly see it shows you visually and audibly how listening to someone's testimony gives you one very quick and brief judgment that your brain makes as to what actually it is that you're hearing and, and believing mm-hmm. versus the actual thing that happened can sound and look very different. Um, and this movie like edits that well together like perfectly. Yeah. So also like, about how um yeah. sorry. I was just going to say, there's a scene where Sasha Baron Cohen is sort of like saying that, oh, yeah, and if that happens, I'll you have to pay me a million dollars. And the way it gets brought up in court is very much like he forced me to try and pay him a million dollars. But when you see it in real life, it's clearly a joke. Obviously, the yeah. connotation of and that. And they try to make it seem but like point f- out yeah, to it and being that's, a joke. Like, that's going against the defense. But then later on, when the defense is trying to be sort of good about what happened. when Cross-examining. Yeah, when um, oh, the Harry Potter character guys... <laughs> says about attack the streets and shit mm-hmm. like that like Eddie it Redmayne. looks bad <laughs> and it is bad in real life versus what they're then trying to say it so it, it kind of shows that how important it is for a lawyer to paint the picture of what the words say one thing and you've got to give the jury the connotation that you want them to understand from those words yeah which the editing of this movie shows yeah. the importance of that really well yes also i was gonna say um how a lot of court films focus on like the sequential order of events Mm. but this movie sort of has you watching and you're like did they do something wrong did they not do something wrong like you mostly see the chicago like the seven people eight and then seven and you're like what did they do you know like how are they even being charged for these crimes yeah like what did they do wrong the whole time yeah what are they pinning this on them for 85 percent of the movie is they're clearly innocent they're totally fine and And then there's like the editing of the last part Mm -hmm. really flips it and you're like i completely see 
why they're why on they're trial. on trial now yeah. and it's interesting that the movie is either edited or written in a way that keeps you in the dark to that part the whole time until mm-hmm. the end yeah i agree anyways yeah, that was why that was our pick yeah, for uh, run, film t- editing. run tomatoes so they've said this so they also are picking the trial of chicago seven and they're saying for our best editing pick we are going against the grain a bit and picking the trial of the shark chicago chicago seven to take this over the bafta winning sound of metal we are still not 100% convinced that Sound of Metal is the front runner everyone assumes it to be. The editing of archival footage in The Trial of Chicago 7, coupled with the Sirkeen's elevated dialogue, is the one-two punch we are betting knocks the Ritz Ahmed drama down the ballot. Particularly with a voting body compromised of many members who vividly recall the true life events recreated on yeah. screen of The Chicago 7. True. Yeah. Very true. So as we sort of said there, you know, it hits because of... The real footage. And yeah, the real footage. And then also, yeah, the people who are voting on this remember this sort of growing up with this happening. So it yeah. could hit doubly hard on them. Definitely. Doubly hard on them. Doubly. <laughs> Name of my porno. Ooh. Ooh. Can't ooh. wait. Do we have an ooh? I don't know if we have an ooh. Not really. Ew. Yeah, I don't really have an ooh sound. You can board. use that in the future. Ew. Ew. All right. Shall we move on? Sure international feature film yep round oh sorry another round better days collective the man who sold his skin quo vidas ada ada ida so we don't know any of these right no so rotten tomatoes will just read off of that one they're going with another round um why the last five times that a director was nominated for both Best International Feature and Best Director, the film in question took home the International Feature Prize, with two films, Parasite and Roma, taking both. So with a Best Director nomination for another round, Thomas Witt, Witten, Winterberg, we are betting that his work on the dramedy and Mads Mikkelsen's now iconic Drunken Dance and Appear will keep the tradition going. Um, yeah. Don't don't know anything about these films. So. Yeah, no, me neither. Cool. Move. Um, makeup and hairstyling. Mm-hmm. And we had a chat about this we because did. Pinocchio and Black Bottom were sort of the uh, the ones we pitted against each other. Yeah. So. Well, you want to say your piece on Black Bottom? Why you liked the makeup but didn't like it? Yeah, I'll read the nominees first. Emma, Hillbilly Elegy. Moraini's Black Bottom, Mank, and Pinocchio. So, Moraini's Black Bottom, Viola Davis's character, you can't help but look at her and be like, bleh, bleh. because she's so sweaty and her makeup is running throughout the whole movie. And it's just crazy to think that not only did a makeup artist do her makeup to look a certain way, they then had to make sure that she looked sweaty and hot and like, in the summer yeah, with no air the conditioning. Yeah, they're in the the warmest, well, some, yeah, they're in a warm bat, bat of weather and they're in a re- old style recording studio where it's just literally one portable fan and they're all dressed in suits and she's in a nice dress and makeup and all this. So it's going to be hot and sweaty. Um, and they just like the fact to keep her looking like shiny and sweaty and like, like she's that throughout the whole thing had to have been crazy difficult. Plus the hairstyles being so accurate to the time and everything like that yeah. is pretty like remarkable i did say that i don't know if it's um for maybe production design 
I, I remember we talked about Emma a little bit. That was for the costume, but you're also saying maybe for the hair and makeup. Yeah. Did we already talk about costume? Yeah, I think okay. we did. I think that the same reason that Emma would be a contender for costume is similar for hair and makeup, mm-hmm. but... I also haven't seen Pinocchio to know what they do. Yeah, I don't. My point on that is just, you know, what's more impressive, sort of getting the the makeup right for a time period or getting the makeup right for someone to look like a real boy, like <laughs> like a like a <laughs> like uh, a doll, a doll turned, real, turned boy. real boy. You know what I mean? Like to yeah. to match that versus, you know, like stuff like for example, I imagine like Star Trek and Star Wars are way more complicated of a makeup process than this one here. Yeah. For Black Bottom, but don't know. But anyway, Rotten Tomatoes, they picked Black Bottom. Uh, Marini's Black Bottom with Mia Neal, Sergio Lopez Riviera, and Jamica Wilson. Yeah. Reason as to why, wig maker and hairstylist Mia Neal created over 100 wigs for Marini's Black Bottom in less than three weeks. Way to go. She styled <laughs> every performer, including Viola Davis. With hairlines, hair textures, and color that were all authentic to the period. All the nominees have award-worthy efforts, particularly the makeup work for Italian fantasy Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. Still, the stellar makeup of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom tops even that. So we're putting our money on Netflix musical drama. Wow. Oh, woo! All right. Woo! Music. Original score. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, this one was interesting. The Five Bloods. Mank, Minari, News of the World, and Soul. So I was still surprised that Marini's Black Bottom would not be on this one. Yeah. Um, for reasons. My thought is that. Because it's not original score. It's not an original score. It's based the on a play. The same way that like, maybe Bohemian Rhapsody couldn't win original score because it's, it's already like music that exists. Yeah, maybe. You know, it's not been the music hasn't been made for the film. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of my thought process. So, Soul. Right, that was our pick. That was our pick. That's what we've seen. Sorry, yawning. My coffee. I haven't sipped it yet. It's too hot. I'll get there. <laughs> I'm here. I'm alive. Okay, I believe you. I'm awake. All right. Um. I haven't seen any of the other one ones to be honest, so I don't know how to compare it, but. The music in Soul was great, effective. Yeah. Like, it sat with you a little bit, and it was memorable. Like, the scene where he, you know, is walking and he dies. Mm-hmm. The whole music throughout that and everything is really, really good. Yep. So, I feel like if something deserves to win, it's that. Like, I, I would definitely, if Soul won, I would understand why. But I haven't seen the other movies to compare it to. Yeah, it's difficult to say, but I guess... It was Sound of Metal a nomination for this or not? Because it's probably not original, right? No. Anyway, okay, so yeah, like Soul is a movie about sort of, hmm, what's it about? It's somewhere up, I guess, life experiences and how you live your life and sort of the what you put your value, value and, and time mm-hmm. and effort into and the importance of sort of realizing that what you do and put your time and effort into versus what everyone does collectively and how you should sort of balance that with friends family and all the rest of it um but at the heart of it is this 
it's about a musician and it's all about his music and how music consumes his life so much so that he actually almost doesn't really live a full life. I think that's what he ends up sort of finding in the end. Um, as much as he fully like commits to music and loves it and it's been his whole world, he's also like neglected his like friends and family because of it. But anyway, Disney put together this great score for it that keeps the whole movie moving. <laughs> no, it's not a musical. No, um, but it's like a soundtrack, yeah, like it's, behind. It's a the great. It does. It's story. constantly playing music in the background. I think for the, pretty much all of this movie, and it really does help convey emotion. Um, and yeah, Rotten Tomatoes—they've picked it as well as who they think is going to win. So, John Basti, Trent Reznor, and Articus Ross for Soul. The reason Atticus. To, Atticus, and the reason as to why is because once Atticus Ross and Trent Rez, Reznor who worked on both Soul and Mank, emerged as double nominees for two of the strongest scores of the season. The question was down to which Oscar-nominated work the voters would prefer to honor. As Soul adds Stephen Colbert's The Late Show, band leader John Bastide's Everescent Smile, and incredible orchestrations to the the winners Dias, Dias, um, alongside Ross and Reznor, who are giving the edge of the jazzy Pixar themes of Soul, which also serve as an inter intricate intricate sorry part of the film storytelling the font on this website is too damn small mm. and i'm drunk cool um shall we move on yep music original score original or song. no song i did this last time we can't even re-record and i get it right nope original song we had a did we already is it gone then, the part where I talked about jazz versus blues? I don't know. That would know. have been an original score or not? I mm. can't remember. If I'll, I'll leave it out, but I had a really good piece on jazz versus blues. But <laughs> if it's here, then you already heard it. If not, then never mind. Sorry. You missed it. Um, original song. Yeah. Nominees. Fight for you. Hear my I'm voice. I'm gonna fight for you. Husavik, which is from Eurovision Song Contest oh, with Will Ferrell and Rachel hate McAdams. That hate that movie. You don't need to say it. Oh. No, because I disagree. But it's a bad. It's a very bad movie. Although Edinburgh looks great in it. I honestly it? didn't hate look, the movie. Edinburgh looked great. Edinburgh did look great. Yeah. Didn't hate the movie. Thought it was just like every Will Ferrell movie I've ever seen. No. Personally. Yes. Opinions. I, it was exactly what I expected it to be when I knew that Will Ferrell was doing a movie on Eurovision. I would love to know the percentage of which, of all of Will Ferrell's movie, what percent is he talking versus shouting? Because <laughs> I always feel like he's like, hey, and then you kind of, yeah, that's right, you you go away. Like, yeah. I feel like he's always he's like, always yelling. yelling. Um, he's like, you're a muffin top bastard. Or he's yelling. Yeah. Low C, which is seen, and speak now. We so don't know any of these, right? We don't. But we do know Leslie Ordom Jr. We do. He is for uh, speak now. He's the person who plays Aaron Burr in Hamilton. Aaron Burr, sir, spit some knowledge. Okay. Anyway, his uh, Rotten Tomatoes is saying that his song Speak Now, Leslie Odom Jr. and Sam Ashworth for One Night in Miami is going to be their winner. They say, and why? 
always a hard category, but this year in particular, none of the nominees have captured attention like Lady Gaga's Shallow from A Star Is Born or possesses the rousing inspiration of the John Legend and Calm Panel Salima and Anthem Glory. Yeah, so basically no James Bond and no Lady Gaga. So Pretty much. Um, and yeah, they keep talking about it, but yeah, it's basically the, their song is what they're picking, but it's a hard choice. Mm-hmm. You're just burning through it. You just want to get done. I'm don't burning you? through that one because there's not we haven't seen any of those. Nothing to put on it. Mm-hmm. True. All right. Um, the next one is best picture, but we're gonna skip over it. Power through the rest and yes. then spend more time on best picture. Yes. 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 Production design. Now this one is interesting. The Father, Moraney's Black Bottom, Mank, News of the World, and Tenet. So from our understanding, production design is the props and things Setting, that you interact with and touch and props. Like the plant that you're playing with. Yes. Wendy. Wendy the plant. Anyway. Um Yeah, so this one, the you were asking, if I remember correctly, why you thought Tenant would be in this. And I was saying about sort of the yeah. time machine-y sort of things. Um, and then visual effects is sort of where I think Tenant would sort of I shine through. I think that Tenant is more of a visual effects or editing piece. Or editing, yeah. Like, that is what I could see it being nominated for more than production design. I don't remember seeing anything in the film that I was like, wow. But that that would be difficult because, okay, you've not seen it, but... Um, the big one, the big Christopher Nolan movie that you've not seen. Time, Dreams, Inception. Inception, yeah. right? Inception has this famous sort of thing where they made this rotating corridor. And it's a literal thing that they made. It's this set that rotates and then mm-hmm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt gets tossed around. I don't know if that would come under production design, cinematography, editing, or visual effects. Mm-hmm. Because it's... Probably a little bit of visual effects because they've got to take out the wires and whatever they've strapped them onto. But they built this whole rotating set just for it. Even yeah. in the Batman movies, you know that plane that Bane blows up and they sort of hanging down? They did that. Yeah. Like, it's nuts the well, lengths that Christopher Nolan goes to shoot about it when practical. We watched Tenet about the airplane that he, like, crashes into the building. Yeah. We were yeah. like, they, they did probably that. did that. Probably, I think they did. <laughs> And then I think we looked into it and they did. Mm-hmm. Um, because, of course, Christopher Nolan. Um, but I don't blame him for that in any way. What? Like, why? Like, yeah, shoot it in film. Go for it. <laughs> like, because th- the risk surely can't be there. Like, the risk of having someone sit down and, like, any DC movie aside from Joker and saying, like, oh, it's a CGI fuckfest and it's just, like, you know, it looks horrible to the eye. Even if they, like, you know, it just, it just, no matter how good you edit it, you can always sort of tell a little bit. It fits into the Uncanny does Valley sort of thing. I think it does. Because if you watch, like, the whole start of the Batman, which is DC, actually. Huh, funny I said that. Christopher <laughs> Nolan's Batman, the whole plain Bane scene, if that had been, like, green screen CGI sort of visual effects versus the, how they actually did it in, like, real time. Mm. It would probably be a way less effective scene because your 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 eye You'd would be know. distracted. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, it's not real. But watching it and knowing it's real as well, it's like, holy shit! It's like the Mission Impossible movie. Mm-hmm. Mission Impossible movies with Tom Cruise and Mark Hamill was 
a bad movie in my opinion not good but all the scenes that were like the helicopter fights and him jumping off roofs and stuff knowing that he actually did that i was yeah, watching but what if it, you like, didn't know well, is that's it only I'm, cool that's, because you know no i'm saying it's cool it's extra cool if you know but more importantly it's not it's not better but it at the very least can't be worse for someone cgi versus real because a cgi person uh, uh, seen someone i say nine out of ten people would be able to tell that it's cgi versus the one that is just shot in camera it'd probably be more like five out of ten people would assume it's cgi whatever but some people it just wouldn't bother them it's more that it's it's hiccup free yeah it's not as distracting yeah it's not Mm -hmm. that it makes it better it just means that you don't get distracted and and lost uh out of the story all right well now back to the actual thing back to it christopher nolan didn't win for tenet (laughs) well we don't know we don't know yet but But moraney's black bottom would have been my guess i think because um of the time setting yeah the the outside scenes outside scenes in the studio yeah everything was very time piece Mm -hmm. and i think that they did a really good job setting the scene like that so that would be what i would expect to win yep uh, Rotten Tomatoes is saying Mank, which is something we haven't seen, but it's Gary Oldman, I want to say. Um, so 10 nominations in decades to make it happen, but sadly, production design is all that the old Hollywood tale about prickly citizen Kane script writer Herman J. Mrekwitz, um is likely going to take home. Still, even in black and white, the incomparable commitment to detail and periodic authenticity in the backdrops of the Dave Fincher biopic is undeniable and places Mank far above other competitors in the category. Yeah, so we can't really contest it. Haven't seen it. From the image I can see on screen, it looks like a really nice car. <laughs> Good. But that's all I can see. I wouldn't be mad if Moraney's Black Bottom won. Of course not. But like, if that if Mank is better, then of course it should win. Yeah. Um, Tenet to me is a no. Like, I think that they probably did some good design and stuff, but I don't not think it comes this across. Ca- not for this category. No. Um, short film we read, right? Yeah, we did all the shorts we've sort of gone over. All right. Sound. This one is interesting. Which sound? Just sound. Ah, best sound. Right. Okay. Greyhound, Mank, News of the World, Soul, and Sound of Metal. So News of the World and Greyhound are both Tom Hanks. Really? Yeah. Oh, yes. We haven't watched News of the World. No, but we have watched Greyhound with the... Oh, and this is where I talked about Dunkirk. Again, Christopher Nolan. Mm. So Greyhound reminded me a lot of Dunkirk. And Dunkirk, you haven't seen. No. But it's Christopher Nolan. It's a World War two one two or one i can't remember <laughs> there's only two world wars i know it's, uh, <laughs> it bugs me when i don't know the difference but anyway um dunkirk you have to see in cinema or imax or you have to watch on an ipad or laptop with headphones on because the sound is way more important than the visual in my opinion the visual of the movie is stunning but the sound adds huge amounts to it and you were saying about greyhound is that it really blew you out the water <laughs> pun intended because it's about warships and submarines um with the sound right it kept you pretty intense and like into the well, movie it's not even necessarily that i would attribute it to the sound because i just the whole movie watching experience of greyhound was very much like full body tense like wanting to see what happens and being worried and like really invested in the characters mm-hmm. and everything that's going on 
And I do think that without the sound, you probably wouldn't have had the same experience. Yeah. But I don't know if I would attribute it directly to the sound. The most upsetting thing about that movie was I desperately wanted him to finish his fucking breakfast. Oh my God. And he never yes. does. He never gets he never. To. I mean, I know that's part of the point of the movie was that he's so busy and he's up and he's a committed captain and he just doesn't have time to finish his breakfast. But he never fucking finishes his breakfast. You just didn't even say finish saying breakfast. <laughs> As you slurp I'm finishing your my coffee. coffee. Um... Soul and Sound of Metal, though. Sound of Metal, I really want to see. Yeah. Unfortunately, we couldn't find a stream for it. No. So we might have to try and we pay for it. We might have to pay for that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, because I think that the story sounds great. And I imagine that if ever a movie where the sound is really important, it's going to be that one. Yeah. Um, Soul, of course, the music was great. And there was lots of little sound effects, as most um, animated movies have. Yeah. But I think it's I, difficult to pick. So from what I know about The Sound of Metal, it's about a drummer who starts going deaf, right? So I can only imagine that... Uh, it's making me think of 127 hours. Um, mm. But sound, obviously, is a huge part about going deaf, right? Is the <laughs> losing of sound. Obviously, of that's course. what it affects. Exactly, right? So to be able to use sound really well to really accurately try and explain to those people who aren't deaf, the majority of people watching this movie, mm-hmm. um, what it would be like if they nailed that and make it feel emotional through just the use of sound, then this would have it over soul. Which just I mean, plays... of course, we don't know that, though. We can't... We don't even begin to say if they can do this, they should win because we haven't watched it and we don't know what they do. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like if they do, if they do it properly. That's why then I maybe imagine it, it would, would be. Yeah, it's like 127 hours. The reason I reference that is because I've never cut off my own arm, but when he's cutting off his arm and you he snaps a tendon, the sound that it makes, if you've seen that movie, haunts you to this day. You probably got a little shiver just then. McKinley's face, you 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 just clenched up. Yeah. You know the I don't sound like, where it's like the... It's the gross tendon, but I hate when he breaks his arm. Oh, I don't mind that. The tendon's the worst part. Yeah. I'm kind of weird, but the, the sound of breaking bones in any movie or dislocations, neck snaps and stuff, I like the, that, that sound. You should cut that out, murderer. <laughs> no, I don't know why. It's just always like... The, it sounds good. Ugh. Okay. Um, yeah, so... My um, guess is probably for Sound of Metal for other people to pick. That what is Rotten Tomatoes yeah. also. So Sound of Metal. Oh. Oops, sorry, I'm moving my iPad. <laughs> That's that not was a, a good horrible sound. sound. <laughs> um, the reason as to why is not to be simplistic, but it's in the titles. The Sound of Metal is a co-led along with star uh, Riz Ahmed, who did, he was the bad guy in Venom, the little sort of skinny guy who in this photo here looks like he's put on a lot of weight and looks good. Um, so Riz Ahmed um, accurately illustrating his character's rapid hearing loss over the course of the film. So it's saying that he's rapidly doing it. I'm assuming the sound helps. And with six nominations, including the best picture, you would have to assume it is unlikely the film could go home empty-handed, though many have done so before. And sound, without question, is the drama's most competitive category. Yeah. I think that it's only fair... Like, Sound of Metal is nominated in so many categories that if it's it doesn't win, win something, something, it's Does, very How sad. is that a fair thing, though? What do you mean? If it's like a, like the way that they've worded that there is like, oh, it's like a complimentary thing. Like it's been nominated for so much. We'll give it something. Sure. Sound. You know? See, this is a prediction, which is strange that they word it like that because mm. the actual thing is voted without knowing anything else. 
Mm-hmm. Right? So but they like, might know members of the academy what else get, they've been voted for, no? No, members of the academy get something in the mail to vote for every category. Do they have to watch the movies, do you think? Like, how do they judge if they've watched the movies? I don't think that they do, but it's just assumed. Because, like, if they've just seen the Tom Hanks movies and been like, oh, Greyhound. <laughs> I mean, you can vote for president without ever looking at all the different presidents. True. Like, or candidates. Hmm. Um, there's a funny story about Jennifer Lawrence got accepted into the Academy. You tell us that. I'm taking my hoodie off. But okay. She got accepted into the Academy, and then the first year she that she... Um, got obviously accepted and was able to vote in for the oscars her mom filled out her oscar ballots so it arrived at her house in the mail and she lived with her parents at the time and her mom saw them and filled them out and she had to like call up the head of the academy which i don't even know who that is to i imagine it's beyonce even though she's not an actor and um why did you say beyonce i don't know she's She's a powerful person (laughs) like she's the head of the illuminati right um (laughs) and anyways she had to ask for new ballots to refill out for the why would the mom just do that i would i you shouldn't even open anyone else's mail well it's a crime but i imagine how exciting it would be to be like ooh, we get to vote for the oscars maybe just assuming that jennifer would be like yeah right you can do it yeah you sure but wouldn't the mom just vote for everything she's in (laughs) oh i don't know probably wouldn't you just vote for everything you're in no yes you would you liar i don't think so unless it was like something that i really appreciate if i really appreciate the sound in my movie and i had no part of like Mm -hmm. if i was just an actor i'd be like yeah the fucking sound team did great (laughs) yeah you know i guess anywho new category please visual effects oh wait i'm sorry mick but it is time for our regularly scheduled ads we don't have any ads continue visual effects love and monsters love and monsters the midnight sky midnight sky mulan mulan the one and only ivan the one and only ivan and tenet tenet this is where i can see tenet getting something yeah get some (laughs) because it's christopher nolan movie and the visual effects are always amazing i feel like a christopher nolan movie can't be nominated for an oscar and win nothing i wish you'd seen inception honestly it's a mystery why i haven't because i love leonardo dicaprio so much yes dicaprio is really really good in that movie and i think he's great yeah and so is Elliot Page. He does a great job. Right? Yeah. You were telling me this before. Yes. Yeah. Anywho. Tenant. Tenant. I think that if it deserves to win for anything, it should win for visual effects. Um, But I haven't seen Love and Monsters or The Midnight Sky. Mulan. I think that it's kind of shocking with all the controversy around the movie that it's even nominated. I just don't think it was great visual effects. Like what really even... The flipping the and shit? The lady that turned into an eagle a bunch and yeah. how she uses her chi. And, but it's just it's stuff I've seen before and it's not blow my mind. No, I completely agree. Like Tenant like going forwards and backwards like was crazy cool. 
Yeah, there was lots of stuff that had to be included for that. And I think that the fact that it's not super apparent that it is a visual effect mm-hmm. shows how good like of a visual cars, effect it the is. The cars going backwards and <sighs> crazy. Yeah. I feel like Tenant is a movie that it requires a sort of uh, you to pay attention to it and to really watch it and listen to it. But also it could just be like some drunk idiot being like, wow, look at the cars going backwards. What's interesting you know? about Tenet to me is that the movie was good. The visual effects were good. Like the story was good. And I say good because it wasn't amazing. Like I was not entirely blown away. And I thought that the acting was boring. And I think that it was meant to be very dry and like I completely think that the actors were doing exactly what they were instructed to do, but it still was dull. Like mm-hmm. I didn't think that they brought much emotion to it at all. And for me that that made it a little bit more of a boring movie to watch. Mm. Not necessarily like, you know, bad. Maybe people appreciated that about it more than I do, mm. but I was like, I don't care about anyone in this film. Hmm. Interesting. Shall we move along? Well, we need to read oh, what yes. Rotten Tomatoes. So Rotten Tomatoes I'm is going tenant. for a tenant as well. Um, tenant should easily win if photos aren't holding a grudge against the film's bungled summer box office rollout. If Midnight Sky, George Clooney's forgettable space epic um, with stunning visual comes out on top, so we will reckon many voters are still harboring hurt feelings about what happened when Tenant director Christopher Nolan tried but failed to get audiences back into cinemas during the pandemic this summer. A bit of a political one there, possibly. Mm. But it seems like they also know that it's the best one, visually. It's just yeah. a political Ooh. voting yes or no on it. Yeah. All right. New cad Writing. Adapted screenplay. This is new. We mm-hmm. haven't talked about this. Borat. Subsequent movie film. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to read the whole title because it's too long. Yep. The Father. Nomadland. One Night in Miami. And The White Tiger. So what's adapted screenplay versus original screenplay? Uh, One is adapted from a film or play or some other thing. So written, rewritten for the screen, basically. And And original screenplay is written for the screen. One is rewritten Mm -hmm. from a play or TV show or something, a book, something else. So this is suggesting that Borat was a book before this? Maybe it could be a sequel as well. I'm not sure. Hmm. My uh, understanding of adapted adapted was... Yeah, screenplay makes sense that it would come from a book or whatever, right? So Harry Potter would be an adapted screenplay. That was my understanding of the term. But yeah, I'm just wondering where Bora is adapted from. Let's find out. All right, we're on the Google. Ning! The Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay is the Academy Award for Best Screenplay Adapted from Previously Established Material. The most frequently adapted media are novels, but other adapted narrative formats, including stage plays, musicals, short stories, TV series, and even other films and film characters. Okay. So technically, I would think a sequel counts as an adapted because... You have you're taking used that the character, character and you're going forward. Before. It's not an original screenplay, yeah. i.e. completely fresh and new, and it's from nothing. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. 
Hmm. So out of which of these has the best screenplay? Where did No Man Land come from? I don't know, but and are they basing to win this category? Is it to do justice the to story. the original, or is it just how good the story? I think is? it's just the story. What if it was a shit book, but then a really good film? I don't think it matters. Okay. Um. I haven't seen anything besides Nomadland, and I don't think that Nomadland would be the best screenplay. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the story, like, written form of this is that great. Yeah. It's the visuals that make it what it is. So surely that would be good for this. No. I don't think so. Hmm. I don't quite understand how they're judging this one, I'll be honest. I don't... I think it's the best story. Think of the story that the movie follows. Okay. That what wasn't much of a story, story for Nomadland, I don't think. No. It was more just a... The narrative itself was not that interesting. Yeah. That's why I personally do not think that Nomadland would win. Mm-hmm. If I had to, like, just guess from, like, purely not knowing anything about most of these other movies, The Father would be my guess. Right. Because that because was about someone without Alzheimer's. I feel like that would have been a good book. <laughs> and that's literally like, I think that maybe they could adapt that from some other media into a movie quite well. Right, right. But that's that's just purely off of assumption. So, Rotten Tomatoes are saying Sasha Baron Cohen and co-writers for Borat's mm-hmm. subsequential movie film. Yeah. And why? We are kind of like the mess of it and... There is no clear front runner for adapted screenplay, and the Borat sequel joined the likes of The Godfather and The Godfather Part Two with writing noms for both the original and the sequel. So clearly, the Academy is a fan. And who wouldn't want to see Cheshire Baron Cohen on stage accepting an award, right? It's going to be funny. We're very sure of that. In all likelihood, The Father or No Man Land is the safer choice, but you're gonna you gotta gamble with a couple of choices every ballot, and this is ours. Mm-hmm very political answers that they're giving interesting because they're like saying like we'll go with this one because and then reasons not to do with the films no but i think that if you're trying to read what an audience of people will pick it Mm. often has a lot to do that's not with the film itself right you know what i mean you're not you're not just purely judging the film you're trying to think of what like i don't know a thousand actors will think yeah and pick the last one besides best picture which we're going to go back to best writing original screenplay yes judas and the black messiah not seen minari not seen promising young woman Mm -hmm. sound of metal Mm -mm. the trial of the chicago seven so we've seen two of these Mm -hmm. which one do you think was the better story so they can count the trial of chicago seven as an original screenplay Mm -hmm. even though it's based on true events yes the okay. screenplay is original okay if it's purely on the story i much prefer the promising young woman i would say so too because of that reason it's the trial of the chicago unique. seven is a true story that they yeah. adapted like into a screenplay so while it is a, an original screenplay they had true events to draw upon it's yeah it's also whereas promising young woman is so much of a like 
um, summary of the female experience. Yeah, and I say. like that it's, as far as I know, like there's probably a bunch of films out there, but it feels new to me. The Chicago 7 doesn't feel new. And as much as it feels like I've seen a trial movie before, I've seen sort of a protesting movie before, you know, sort of yeah. these movements and, and why they're important and it touches on a whole different couple of bases is, is whatever. But putting the promising young woman sort of story into it and it's so focused on her and the re- and her reasons behind what she does and the character has so much depth to her and you know backstory and then how she I changes think the and the writing of that movie was very it's very all good. great there's not a single part of that movie that's boring no that's that's the best way i could put it the trial of the chicago 7 i wouldn't say was boring either no by but any means i thought it, every scene was interesting but that I could one, see maybe how other people wouldn't. That one wasn't boring, I think, because of how it was edited. Um, I, I think that it yeah. could have been very boring. I don't think... I think that maybe people not paying attention might be confused by the Chicago 7. Mm-hmm. I think a child watching The Promising Young Woman would know what it meant, even if they didn't know what it was about. Yeah, I would hope so. Like, I wouldn't I think, recommend a child watching no, it, No, <laughs> but I think it was so in your face. Yeah. Like, it said its message as clearly as a movie can i think that the trial of chicago 7 in an alternative universe if it is edited any differently could be edited like the movie lincoln (laughs) if you've ever seen the movie lincoln it's very slow going very very long and you know it's factually correct to things that happen i believe but that's like a boring version of like what the chicago 7 couldn't have been you know, mm-hmm. it could have been all about the, you know, the NAM and the political reasons behind this and NAM and the, the court case and the jury and all this sort of stuff versus how they... Wasn't Lincoln much before NAM? I haven't seen it, to be honest. Yeah, way before. I'm just saying that, like, that was like a factual movie based on something that happened, but it was very slow going, not fast edited, not to the point, not jumping back and forth and showing you what happened. Lots of talking that aren't then showing you how it's done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like the Chicago 7 a lot more... Not... not not a lot more. I liked so you're it a saying lot. that the editing is what made the Chicago 7 as good of a movie as it is. Yes. Whereas the writing of Promising Young Woman made it what it is. Exactly. Yes. Ding, I ding, completely ding. agree. Three points to Mick. <laughs> I'm very good. I probably have like, a, what is it? A black belt in interpreting Reese. Yeah, you do. Whereas you can say something that probably wouldn't make sense to most people. And I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. See? Yeah. <laughs> All right, best. Let's go back to best picture. picture. This is this the is where one. we're going to talk about the movies more. This is for all the marbles in the land. Also, probably just a blanket statement, but probably more spoilers, because I don't know how we can talk about these movies without talking about them. Yeah. yeah. Right. Just yeah. in case people want to not. Yeah. I don't have think we've spoiled it. anything so far. I don't though. really think but, so either. Yeah spoilers for best picture i guess from the ones that we've seen the mm-hmm. nominees the father are... judas and the black messiah mank minari haven't seen any of those no nomadland promising young woman sound of metal trial of the chicago seven okay so trial of chicago seven promising young woman and nomadland we can put together yeah because we've seen those and we'll go off of those the rest of them sorry not seeing them but you know we'll do what we can all right I can tell you that the best picture from Rotten Tomatoes is one of the ones that we've seen. So. I know that 
for sure it's going to say Nomadland. Okay. It does. Um, And I would honestly, watching Nomadland, I thought to myself, interesting movie, pretty boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to win. Why and the reason is the Zendaya I thought that, one not on this? I don't know. Because we watched that saying, oh, this is made for the to Oscars. To be honest, I don't know how the nominees or get Or was picked. it 2021? It may be too late. It yeah. may have been too late in the... Um, but No Man Land just came out. April, my birthday, it came out. Yeah. I don't know how they pick the nominees. Zendaya is presenting an award, mm-hmm. which I feel like is a bit in a slap in the face. She'll for... present it to herself, but... <laughs> I don't think she can do that. She can. Um, do you remember the year that they said a different movie? La La Land. Wasn't that... Um, Moonlight. The one. guy with the mustache? I don't remember. Who does the the family feud? Maybe. Steve Harvey? Yeah, there's a clip of him presenting an award and it's he presents the wrong one. He, so the, the narrative behind it is that it says runner-up on the thing and then it says winner. And he just misread and just looked down at the card, saw La La Land and said it. But people think that he thought La La Land should have won and said it and then immediately backtracked and was like, I can't do that. Anywho. So, okay. Okay. So it's not the Oscars. Steve Harvey messed up the... Steve Harvey messed up Miss Universe. (laughs) Harvey. Harvey. Which is funny that you said it like that because he messes up her name, does he not? Okay. So this is horribly awkward to listen to. Yeah. But we're going to put you through it. Okay, folks. Uh... Okay, wait, we're gonna go back. Okay, here we go. First, 2015 is. Columbia! Okay, so Steve Harvey says Columbia's the winner. And then we have this moment after a whole minute of celebrating. Okay, folks. Uh, there's... You guys can't see this, but Steve Harvey is standing here in a white suit and his shoulders are hunched and he looks very sheepish. And there's this beautiful woman next to him who's got a tiara on now, flowers. She's waving to the audience whilst he's saying this. I have to apologize. And now the woman has stopped waving and is wiping away a tear and is trying to brush it off as if she's totally okay with what's happening here. The first runner-up is Columbia. And now everyone's face is completely shocked. The person who thought she was coming in second is now crying. The person who did get announced as first but is actually the runner-up is now also crying and it's a horrible mess. Similar thing happened at the Oscars where the, the the person, whoever was presenting, read La La Land. And then La La Land people started coming up on stage. And mm-hmm. then they announced that it was Moonlight. And everyone had to go sit back down. And then mm-hmm. Moonlight people went up on stage. And it was very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it was like, was that on purpose? Was it an accident? Anywho. Why would it ever be on purpose? Um, I think it has happened in the past like really? where someone just said the movie they wanted to win and it left the stage and it didn't come out until f- way later that they didn't win. Mm. 
So that's just, I think I remember that. Fact check me. I don't care. Um, Oscar's drama. Anyways, I watched Nomadland and felt the same way I felt watching Moonlight mm-hmm. and thought this movie was shot beautifully and mm-hmm. it was kind of dull. And I think it's going to win because that's the exact thing I felt. why wouldn't it just win the cinematography and not anything else? Because if it's boring, it's boring. Because this is where I think that um, people who are actors appreciate what people who are not actors find more boring. Yeah. So the silence that she portrays emotion in, whereas we're like, what's going on here? People who do that as a career are looking at it going look at all the emotion she conveys in every single second Mm -hmm. or that sort of thing and i think that that is why movies like that tend to win oscars like shape of water and stuff like that like i think users people normal people watching the movie felt it was quite strange and like uncomfortable or different whereas critics and like people in the career were very impressed by it Mm mm-hmm so I think that that's why I think Nomadland will win because I watch it and I think that people who do that for a living will find that the most impressive movie. Whereas yeah. I don't personally think that it is. I guess the out most of the amazing. three that we've watched, if you add up the average points, I'd say that Nomadland would probably win based on the fact that it's second best consistently. If that makes any sense. <laughs> like. It's definitely the best out of the three in cinematography, right? But then... And probably directing, right? Because yeah. we, we talked about how cinematography and directing go hand in hand. So how can you really win one and not the other? Yeah. Chicago 7, we've already said, is good. Good story, good acting, good, great editing. There's no visual effects really in any of these um, no. three. And it's not that Nomadland doesn't have any bad acting in it. It's just that there's no, like crazy moment of like huge monologue or like imagine super emotional if, crying scene imagine if promising young woman won though like no the, it would be amazing <laughs> the like social impact that that movie could have well i read something about like the one. horrible irony in that hollywood is one of the most sexist industries that exists mm-hmm. and the irony of having to present best picture to a movie that literally addresses everything wrong with it mm-hmm. would be amazing same way that like it's been criticized for being super racist and within the last couple of years having to present like green book and stuff constant reminders of like you know people are against that Mm -hmm. and having to have the academy present those awards is very ironic and like people like that i guess Mm -hmm. the irony i mean not the racism obviously So I think that, like, I read an article that said that Promising Young Woman, it would be amazing if it won because of that. Yeah. But. I, oof. yeah, I guess. I so. don't know if I watched Promising Woman, Young Woman and thought this is the best picture. Yeah. I don't think, I definitely didn't think it would know Madland though, but it does look good. Because also, like, it's interesting, but as a man, you watched Promising Young Woman and did not feel great because of what was happening not because the movie was bad to clarify like i felt bad for being a guy after watching that movie yeah but you felt bad for being a guy knowing that you have like not done directly any of the bad things that happened in the movie no but i know 
that it happens. And no, they know I know. How easy... But now imagine that you're an actor who probably has. Mm. Are you going to pick a movie that criticizes you for that? No. Yeah. Most of the people, I don't know for sure, but probably a majority of the people yeah, in the Academy would, are men. Do you think it would be a gender biased vote on this I do. movie? I do think that it would be very difficult for this movie to win given the gender bias in the Academy. But I don't know how many men or women are in the Academy, yeah. but I just think it would be hard to get also a mass. Also, the age range would be interesting. I think it would be hard to get a mass group of men I feel to like pick this men for this under the age of 28-ish would have a better chance than men over the age of 40. But what's crazy is that the type of behavior shown in the movie and is specifically by, yeah, yeah. criticized is young men. Yeah. Young men who think they're doing better than old men did. Which is what's crazy. But it's the same thing. They're still doing the same thing. Yeah, but the movie talks more about um, men who think of themselves as the nice guy. Yeah. So they think, oh, I know that this and that is Which wrong. Most... And I'm not doing anything wrong because I'm a nice guy. Most. Yeah, no. Right? It's a whole other thing. So I think that it's it would be very difficult for Hollywood men to vote this movie to pick as this the movie. And if they do, it, is it not an acknowledgement of how right it is? Mm. Like, it's just a very, very, very interesting... Even the fact that it's nominated and put there for people to, like, be forced to address mm-hmm. is very interesting. Well, the fact that it's in there is good because... It no, it's very good. means... I don't. How do they choose the nominees? I don't know how they choose the nominees. That's what I said is the problem. Well, at least like it is in there and people could watch it. As I say, like I heard about it on a news YouTube channel that I watched and they were like, watch this movie. And then I did. And then I shouted about it on the Instagram saying everyone needs to watch this movie because mm-hmm. I had such an emotional reaction afterwards to it. And not that I feel like I've, you know, I don't feel like it's about me, but I know it's about guys and guys that I know who would do very similar things to this, um, sadly. Um, and not realizing how like just fucked up it is <laughs> um and they shouldn't have been, i shouldn't have laughed at the end of that because it's not funny at all it's just an awkward laugh i think yeah. that you're, you're um understood. okay so do you want to hear what rotten tomatoes says for nomadland because that's what they've yeah. got okay so the and why is as follows there's an air of inevitability about Nomadland, and it's hard to argue with over 150 wins across various awards ceremonies this year it has more best picture wins from different award bodies than any other nominee, but the same was said for La La Land, Get Out, and Roma, their respective years, and all of them lost in the end. If there is a film that can unseat the Nomadland Goliath, it is Aaron Sorkin's The Trial of the Chicago 7, an additional wrinkle in the fact many voters haven't seen as much as they normally would, and and ap- apathy and empathy apathy may trump inevitability um be prepared though we could even see a shocker like judas the black messiah judas and the black messiah or promising young woman winning it all comes sunday but our money is still on no man land see no man Land just didn't have a, personally like, what's the story of no man land what do i which take movie from that? did you like watching the most oh chicago seven me easy. too easy yeah i would watch that movie forever yeah i completely agree but, it was the most watchable it was the most enjoyable movie but, to but, watch. but the movie that i'm gonna remember despite how many times i rewatch it is promising young woman yeah i 
I like, also agree with that. It's... I might not remember the names of the characters or anything, but the story and what I learned from that and felt from it afterwards is very uh, Im- like imprintable. Impactful. Impactful, that's it. Imprintable. <laughs> I got you. I was thinking like Edward uh, or yeah. uh, Twilight imprinting on something. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, so... But yeah, No Man's Land, I, I just, I don't, it's. See, I read a thing that said that people who ha- who don't like or feel an Im- immediate attraction to New- Nomadland just have not lived a lifestyle even remotely similar. I think it's the fact that I didn't care for any of the characters. Yeah. At any point. I mean, I can sort of understand that. Whereas like watching the movie it made me like really think like why mm-hmm. why like i didn't do get, i want what i want i didn't in get career an, wise oh you do mean I, self-reflection yeah oh. very much so because all of the people in the movie that are the nomads basically all of them are talking about someone died i'm going to die some sort of mortality issue is present Mm-hmm. And I realized that why the fuck am I working still yep. and not seeing the world, basically. I get all of that, but... And it just, to me, was, like, very much, like, I think that I want what I want in my life, but if I was in their position, would I make the exact same decision that they're doing? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Throat goblin. And then it's also the judgment that people, like, probably pass us, on them. pass on nomads, when we have we're moments or one life instance away from seeing what they see you know where our parents getting cancer or us getting cancer or something from being in their shoes and really thinking to ourselves like Hmm. why am i doing what i'm doing yet we judge them so hard like they're homeless they you know don't have anything like who would live that lifestyle and then i think that it's even more interesting with young people like the whole van lifestyle that's yeah. happening right now like soup up a sketchy van LA like thing. a very fancy house or something and just travel and influencers are making millions doing that mm-hmm. it's such a very interesting like varying points of view if that makes sense yeah i get it and i think that that's sort of what the movie is drawing on i think it's because from the from the start about what it was saying and talking about amazon briefly and all that sort of stuff i was hoping it was going to get into more of the reasons to why she's doing this and it was way more focused into she's doing this she's going to keep doing this and yeah i just yeah i don't know i can't quite put my finger on what it was but it was just something about i didn't like connect i feel to like it was in, more it was subtle enough more subtle than anything that we're used to yeah because you watch it and you know that the reason she's doing it is because of like so Amazon. much driving around and like <laughs> i know the cinematic shots and like the, what did i call it earlier the path or something the fluff the, the <laughs> path. Filler, the path. <laughs> like it just oh you could cut all that out it's like the worst part about what i'm gonna compare two crappy movies a uh, crappy movie to a good movie here justice league the new uh. version of it there's so much faff in that movie that they could have cut out and it made it really, really good. See, but like, it's just all the excess stuff that I don't feel builds too much. I totally see exactly what you're saying and can even like almost go as far as agreeing with you. 
But I also can see, like, film people that I went to school with shitting all over you right now. Yeah, and being fair. so, like, and everything they say would trump anything that you could say I'm not saying them. I'm right. I don't have that information. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying that this is what I didn't like about yeah. the movie was that it felt so long because I guess, of faff. <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying is that I think that a movie like this and and us both sort of feeling that way because I also thought it was boring and I thought the long shots were boring and I looked really hard to try and figure out why. Mm-hmm. I think that that shows what we don't know about film. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that points to the movie having a flaw or us not being educated enough to understand it. Mm-hmm. Like, I f- maybe if we both went to film school and came back, we would love the movie. Maybe <laughs> if we also did that and hated it, then we could be able to explain why. Yeah. You know what I mean? But right now I'm like, I, I, I know it's there for a reason. I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. No, I guess. And I sort of felt the same way about Maroonie's Black Bottom. Like I could, there was way more concrete to point to. Like I think that's what it means and blah, blah, blah. That made it a bit more attainable. But it was still like, I think I would need to do some studying or some re-watching or some thinking to really understand I yeah okay does that make sense it does make sense I disagree obviously because only the fact that I really liked Maroonie's Black Bottom yeah but yeah but you can also understand that you didn't understand everything about it no of course but I understood way more about that movie than No Man Land like I can draw off so many different meanings from that movie Black Bottom versus No Man Land I agree, that I can't but you could show things from. probably both of those movies to someone else and they might understand more about No Man Land than Black Bottom and No Man Land made me really want to go travel America a bit and see it the did. sights like it looked great in certain aspects and I like the older lady that went away for the swallows and the emotional suicide there but the rest of it I felt I barely like, any character depth I felt very I don't know can we say people I feel like Paul would connect with that movie think yeah Uh, yeah i guess it's like a traveling guy i just saw a dog go flying by outside the window in the car park i think that just or i don't know it's like the hippie lifestyle or something that like i find intriguing Mm -hmm. like i watched that movie and knew that there was some inkling inside me that was connected to it but i it's not developed enough to understand but maybe if like something traumatic happened to me like what happened to most characters in the movie you'd be pushed i feel like i might really connect and i feel like maybe people in hollywood can connect a lot living these huge lavish lifestyles in la and wanting to get away from it all and just pack up yeah maybe there's escapism Mm. that people would find intriguing fair enough i don't have anything else to say on it i don't think for for no my line i think do you think it should win or it I don't will think win? it should. I think it will. Like, just because, as you said, the controversy of the other one and then the Chicago 7 being based on true events, not necessarily like an original sort of thing. True events, Spotlight was true. And Spotlight was very similar. Mm-hmm. If we talk about uh, Moonlight being similar to Nomadland. Yeah, I'm go- I-, I would say Chicago 7 is my pick. Chicago 7 would be my pick. What I want to win, what but I like the I w- most, what is the better movie no what i want to win would be pretty uh, oh yes pretty women. why do i keep saying that promising young woman is what i would <laughs> want to win but chicago seven is what i sort of think could win 
I yeah. Although I, guess I do believe that Nomadland's gonna win. <laughs> movie I liked watching the most, Trial of the Chicago Seven mm-hmm. for sure. Yep. But I think it's important for the other one to win. Promising young woman. Yeah, I think it would be more impactful. I think it for would be an astounding yeah. moment, especially for women. Just for the boost just... of how many people are gonna end up watching it and hoping what could come from that mm-hmm. would be great. Yes. Is I that all the categories? Agree. That's that is, all of that's our everything. All right, so that is our Oscar sort of predictions, along with reading you what Rotten Tomatoes Tomatoes is saying. I guess we're gonna record again on Monday, hopefully. Once the results are in and we can talk through them and whether we like it or dislike it, it'll probably be a way shorter episode than this one. Yeah, I feel like we've said what we want to say about it. So it'll just be who won. I didn't write down what our predictions actually were, so we'll have no way of knowing. But I could listen back to this episode, write down what we said our predictions would be, and then we can see. But again, there's so many movies that we haven't actually seen. It'd be very difficult to guess out of like the, there's more than four because we mentioned a bunch of other ones like Soul and. I, yeah, there was. Greyhound we saw four of the main. Yeah, the main ones, ones we saw four of them, but... which we really made a push to, and we're going to watch some others. We're already watching the octopus one. Truth. For best documentary, and so far it's confusing. It but is. But it's probably because we're a little tipsy. are crazy. All right, I'm going to hit the outro, and we're going to go for this. Do it. Do it. Uh, nice. He should be best actor. Um, as always, you can follow us on Instagram and Spotify at Pineapple Theory underscore podcast. I have been one of your hosts, Reese, with my guest host for the day, McKinley. McKinley, thank you so much for joining. And Anytime, brother. Being a part of this. Um, <laughs> everybody watch the uh, Oscars, and we'll see you fucking later. Goodbye.